Welcome to the Truckers Buying Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fangs. We're back, man. Episode 238. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it. Adult Happy Meals. Um, recently, McDonald's had just came out with Adult Happy Meals. I don't know what the fuck for. We're grown adults. We don't need toys. We just need burgers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, recently they came out with the Adult Happy Meal. Oh, geez. I lost the tab. But it's basically... Uh, hold on, let me look this up really quick. I don't know where the fuck it went. Adult Happy Meals. All right, here we go. McDonald's adds adult Happy Meals to the menu. Yes, you get a toy. Um, as a kid, there was nothing more thrilling than a Happy Meal. Sure, the nuggets and fries were delicious, but what can't, what took it over the top? The toy, the freaking toy. You never knew exactly what you were going to get, but you were sure as hell going to get a toy. And that ruled. Well, now you can revisit the feeling as an adult. Today, McDonald's announced a new menu item, Happy Meal for Adults. Okay, so it's not technically called an adult Happy Meal, but it's absolutely an adult Happy Meal. It has a toy and everything. Mickey D's partnered with streetwear brand called Cactus Plant Flea Market to drop the cactus plant flea market box um everyone remembers the first happy meal as a kid and no they don't uh no i don't remember that that's, I that's definitely don't remember i've had I've, had I've had millions of happy meals. i've had a lot of happy meals. i've had a lot of sodium um <laughs> and can't sit still feeling as you dug in to see what was inside the company said via press release that the little red box uh could turn a regular tuesday into the best day ever and now we're reimagining that experience in a whole new way, this time for adults. Um, I just think that this is another case of a company trying to benefit or trying to um, cash in on nostalgia, right? That's, that's all it is. It's just a nostalgic moment. It's almost like your favorite musician as a kid um, pops up out of nowhere. Like the fucking, what was the, Blue, the Blues Clues guy? Remember he came back? Yeah. I think they're shooting a movie or something. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but he popped up, and a lot of people were like, oh, my God, I wonder where he went. He never said where he was going and blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, guys. And he popped up. And I haven't his, seen you in a while. Yeah, his fucking hairline was gone and shit. I know you're 30 years old now, and yo, I'm bald. Yo, I'm not trying to be a dickhead, but I sent you guys that TikTok of Rich Boy. Oh, my gosh. Man, remember that dude? Rich Boy selling net for the niggas want to check. Type no slick, just bought a Cadillac. Throw, Throw some D's on it. it. Just bought a Cadillac. Yeah. He looks terrible. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But Drugs, whatever's man. whatever's going on in his life, he definitely didn't throw D's on it. I don't know what's going on there. Throw some drugs on that. <laughs> <laughs> throw some drugs on that throw pipe. Some, yeah. <laughs> throw some drugs on that pipe. Just bought a crack rock. Throw some crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It is not okay to make fun of drug addiction. And, you know... That video, it was like, it kind of, it low-key warmed my heart, and it was sad at the same time, because mm-hmm. he just felt like, you know, like, uh, he probably go through his day-to-day, and a lot of people probably don't really recognize him, right. but for that guy to come up, and he wasn't really roasting him, like, nah. the guy that took the video, he was more so, like, really, like, seeming like, yeah, like, yo, I'm a, I'm a fan of your, you know, of your music, um, but yeah, he just looked terrible, man. Man, sad. he looked bad. I don't mm-hmm. even know how old that guy, he can't be that old. Gotta be, like, early... Probably late thirties, early forties. Yeah, let me put in. Just put in rich boy. Rich boy selling it. All right, let's see. Rich. He got a he got an Instagram. Rich boy twenty first. This is it. 
Yeah, he's got a fucking Instagram with 52,000 people following him. He's still posting? I don't know. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's posting. He's standing somewhere in front of a house dancing. Dang. Yeah, he looks. He, look, he still looks fucked up right here, though. You taking pictures looking that bad? I mean, right here he doesn't look so bad. This this last picture was uh, July twenty twenty one. That's a long time ago. You could definitely fall off in that that amount of time. Yeah, he looked crazy right here. <laughs> Put some drugs on that bitch. Bought a Cadillac. <laughs> Yo, that'd be a crazy parody, bro. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Just bought a Cadillac, put some fentanyl in it, <laughs> got some crack in my pipe. In the po- this is in August. He don't look that bad in August. I don't know what happened in that TikTok. That shit look wild. He do look crazy. Yeah. That shit was, that was the complete opposite of Black Don't Crack. Yeah, he cut his hair all off and everything. He yeah. Like a whole different person. Yeah, he turned into E.T., man. I don't know what the fuck happened there. But, yeah, we're talking about McDonald's. Yeah, the, the, the company is just basically benefiting off of nostalgia or trying to. And also these uh, these meals are stressing workers out mm-hmm. because the workers have to, like, set up these meals a certain way. And, and the workers are getting pissed off. And McDonald's doesn't give a fuck. They're just going to put out something new regardless of how much it, it in, inconveniences their employees. They don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They it was just some it was just some fucking loser in their PR department or whatever, and he was like, you know, it'd be a great idea, adult Happy Meals. That'd be great, and they pay these fuckers millions of dollars to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Like really, and and the funny thing too is these companies always have the same thing. They create these new but not new things only. Um, they don't really spend any money on upgrading anything. They mm-hmm. just use the same thing and they just kind of like. Um, retweak it mm-hmm. and it's like it's just a regular fucking happy meal just in a different box yeah all they paid for was boxes that's mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. remember when Saweetie had her meal and, and yeah. uh, Keith uh, was um, uh, empowering women by buying the Saweetie I'm meal dead. <laughs> he's like and then he's like can I have extra Saweetie sauce please <laughs> that shit said Saweetie sauce bro <laughs> yeah I, yo I, I'm gonna keep it real yo Saweetie is sexy dude yeah, she looked good. Saweetie is sexy. She got her body done or whatever, but I think she was pretty even before that. Too. Yeah, she's just like a pretty, uh, you know, regardless of like surgery. Like, out yeah. and be, I mean, before her surgery and all yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't know her, but she seems like she's got a nice soul. Like, she mm-hmm. just seems like a really nice person. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hear this, Saweetie, I would um, love to take you out on a date, you know? <laughs> we can have, some nuggets, have some nuggets with some Saweetie sauce. Yeah. Have a conversation about your latest album. Now you yeah. talk about that. Some, yeah, some chicken nuggets. Some, Put uh, some drugs on that bitch. <laughs> 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 Yo, that's wild, man. What's up with Rich Boy? But yeah, um, with McDonald's, man, what's wild is too, you remember those McDonald's playhouses? Yeah. That was the dirtiest shit ever, man. What if they have the adult playhouses? Oh, man, it'd be cum everywhere, motherfucking. Yeah, that'd be nasty. Condoms and shit. Like a brothel in there. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be selling pussy in there. <laughs> Grown adults like, this is the only flange playhouse. <laughs> <laughs> What's nasty about um, the McDonald's playhouse, and I found out later, hopefully I could find an article on that, but the McDonald's Playhouse is so fucking nasty and they never cleaned out those pits. You know that when you, they had those the, they had those different colored plastic balls mm-hmm. and you would like jump into them and play around? Mm-hmm. They never cleaned those things. Yeah. Never. 
So yeah. kids would be pissing, shitting, slobbering all over it, mm-hmm. and you would go in there and play with all that fucking bacteria. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but I've played in many McDonald's playhouses, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that all of them was dirty, and they kind of had a smell to them. That little stench, huh? Yeah, a little bit of urine. A little, you know, one of the little kids that wasn't potty trained, they just sent him in there to play. Yeah. You know how it is. Parents yeah. parents just want to send their kids off anywhere. Kids be shitting, shit, diaper full of shit. Yeah. And he's jumping into the McDonald's playhouse. Mm-hmm. Now the little plastic ball hits your face. Now you got doo-doo stuck. It's like, oh. <laughs> a little doo-doo on your cheek. Yeah, man. <laughs> Nasty. I think that these... uh these uh, adult Happy Meals are, I don't know if it's a good or a bad idea, but I, I might slide to McDonald's and buy one. For what? So you could be not happy? It's not enough food in that motherfucker. There's still not no food? Yeah, it's just uh, fucking meat. It's like a Big Mac and it's like a small fry or some bullshit. Big Mac and a small fry? <laughs> yeah, it's like, the like you're not going to make me happy with a Happy Meal if it ain't got enough food in it. You know what they should start doing? Um Having like NFTs inside of the uh, the little ain't nobody uh, fucking with NFTs no more. With the toy, the toy can't be no NFT or some Bitcoin or something like that. Yeah, ain't nobody That'd be fire. Want, nobody want none of that shit no more. <laughs> I already told you what I, I what I call NFTs now. What? Not fucking trying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. NFTs no. and die down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me see something. Hold up. McDonald's Playhouse bacteria. comes up here oh fuck this is from 2011 check this out check this out and i just said this mom finds bacteria fecal matter in restaurant play areas no shit all right Mm -hmm. what's the article tucson arizona an arizona mom is shocked at what she's discovered lurking in the playground at several fast food restaurants it's very very gross and car jordan said i've seen old food that's rotting i've seen bandages and roaches fuck roaches ugh. bandages and roaches what's next um the chandler mother of four first noticed questionable conditions at mcdonald's restaurant in tempe she took her child into the play area and noticed old food and hair stuck on the play equipment she notified managers and also collected samples from the surface for lab testing uh, the results turned up with at least with a list of 13 disease causing bacteria. Experts, including Dr. Charles Zer- uh, Zerba, microbiologist, says uh, the testing results in- indicate fecal contamination and possible presence of drug resistant MR- MRSA. Mm-hmm. Oh, MRSA is something like this in hospitals, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Presence of drug resistant MRSA. So you can't even take drugs to get off it. The main concern with these strains is largely diarrhea, cold, flus, and skin infections, Dr. Gerba said. Mm-hmm. As disturbing as this may sound, Gerba said that concentration levels of bacteria found at the restaurant are fairly typical for kids' playground. You're dealing with young population that has a higher frequency of colds and diarrhea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, so they're more likely to contaminate services than any other age group. I get it, bro, but like McDonald's isn't cleaning it, man. Mm-hmm. Like they, you go to McDonald's, you get a McSlobber. You know what I'm saying? That they're not cleaning up <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know what they found? You know what bacteria they recently found at McDonald's? What's that? Rich boy. 
<laughs> that nigga turned into a whole bacteria. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> he was just standing in the corner. He, I could just imagine like you go to the playhouse and he's just standing in the playhouse. Rich boy. They're like, oh my God, don't go in there. Let your kids play in the playhouse. I'ma be doing drug in the playhouse. <laughs> throw, throw, throw some drugs on that bitch. Just bought some drugs in here. <laughs> That was crazy, man. Yeah. That reminded me of Delonte West. Dude, Delonte, man. Yeah. That nigga looks like bacteria. I don't know what the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Delonte getting back. I think he's getting his health back, though. Yeah, he is. But mm-hmm. when they found him that one day, he looked like stir-fried shit. Yeah, he's looking bad. I'm like, God damn. Shout out to, um, what's the dude's? Mark uh, Cuban. Mark Cuban, yeah. yeah for Going out there and helping him out and stuff. Man, some of these athletes, they once they leave a the game, they just get fucked up. Yeah, I just seen uh I didn't watch the interview, but um Lamar Odom was talking to Shannon Sharp and he was talking about his drugs. He said he had the best like it says something relating cocaine to like having an orgasm, having That's like the crazy. best orgasm ever. So I didn't yeah. I didn't see the interview, but I could imagine how it went. Shannon was like so, so Lamar, look, what, what, what were you doing when you was on the drugs? Like, I was like, yo, I was like mad high, yo. Like, I was mad high. Um, me and Chloe got together or whatever. <laughs> you know, um, and I did a lot of drugs. <laughs> she had to be like, so when you did the drugs, what exactly did you see? Would you see demons or something? What did you see when you, when you was high on the, on the cocaine? He'd be like, Shannon, if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like Shannon, but sometimes he just be t- just doing too much. Yeah. He's like, if you hit me like that, we would have fought every single day. <laughs> you hear him say that about, about fucking Draymond? Draymond? Yeah. He's like, if you hit me like that on a sucker punch, we would have fought every single day in, yeah. in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forgot. Because my grandma told me that a closed fist don't get fed. <laughs> like, got nigga, what? It's always the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some new idiom of some sort. Like, my grandma told me that a light bulb can't screw in itself if a chicken ain't going to be there to do it. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Shannon Sharp? <laughs> if a chicken ain't going to be there to do it. <laughs> oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah. I don't know where all these sayings come from, but he uses them a lot. He be having them in the tub. He got just a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. He's like, Hennessy may not be water, but it's something good for your face. That's what my <laughs> grandma told me. He be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Shannon Sharp, come on, take a break, man. Take a break, brother. My mama told me never stop until I bust a nut. <laughs> he took two fucks <laughs> I knew you was going to do that. I knew you was going to do that. Yo, that's got to be the most wild statement that, that <laughs> fucking... Tupac ever made. His mom did not tell him that. Ain't no way your mama told you that. No way. My mama told me never stop until I bust a nut. Fuck the world if I can't just. I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck kind of conversation was you and your mom having, dude? Your mom told you not to stop until you bust a nut? That's wild. God damn it, Tupac. <laughs> yeah, some of these old lyrics, man, you listen to them, it's a, it's a line from Baby mm. where he was like, I like to fuck him in the ass while he beat up the pussy. That's crazy. That you didn't hear him say that? Nah. Baby? Yeah, he did, bro. Mm-hmm. Birdman? Mm-hmm. He's like, I was like, wait, 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 wait. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. That's 
It is some like going back in history. It'd be a lot of like uh, questionable, questionable line. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an interview. Hey, I want all you guys to look this up. There's an interview with Kobe Bryant and Cindy Crawford, and like she was literally like throwing herself at Kobe. It'd pop he, up every now and then. On you my seen YouTube. it? I, you showed it to me, but I've seen. I actually seen it recently. Yeah, like it was on. Uh, somebody made a YouTube story. Out yeah, of mm-hmm. and they talk about how you know back in the day how men were creeps and that. Like she was like. Being a super creep to Kobe. That was young Kobe, too. That was young Kobe. With the accent. Yeah, let me see. Cindy Crawford. She's older, dude. She's fucking... She's 56. Mm -hmm. So she was much older than Kobe back then. Like 15 years older than Kobe? Yeah, because Kobe was how old when he passed? Like 42? He was like 42 when he passed. So it would make him now, he'd be like 44. But she's like fucking over 10 years older than Kobe. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, so... So you play basketball and you like you jump high and stuff like that. And he's like, "So what does Kobe mean?" He's like, "It means tender meat." And she's like, "Oh my god, tender meat!" And like mm-hmm. touching him and shit. Mm-hmm. There was another interview where this girl was throwing herself at him, mm-hmm. like, "Like, oh my god, you're just so handsome!" Mm-hmm. And like literally just flirting with him. She's supposed to be a fucking interviewer. Mm-hmm. Like women was on some creep shit too. It wasn't mm-hmm. just men being creeps. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, some women they take it to the next level, man. Yeah, they they have some women grab they'll just grab your dick. That's Kobe though, like you know what I'm saying. Straight out of high school, he was young on the Lakers. He's like, yeah, I like to shoot the ball. You know, I shoot the ball a little bit. You know, <laughs> shoot the ball a little bit. Yeah, I love to shoot your balls. I love that. Kobe. <laughs> I would love that for me. <laughs> yeah, we can shoot some balls after this. Can I put my tender meat in your pussy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Kobe you're so funny you're so hilarious yo bro this shit was funny I posted this on uh, on uh, Facebook but it's a, it's a little comic right and it's mm-hmm. a comic at the top and one at the bottom mm-hmm. and it shows this dude right this black dude in a suit mm-hmm. a pretty you know decent looking dude and he peeps in into this girl's work area and he says you look great, Lemon Quisha. Like her name is Lemon Quisha on the comic for some mm-hmm. reason. She says, You look amazing, Lemon Quisha. She's like, Oh, thank you, boo. And the next one is some big old fat ugly dude. And he peeks in. He's like, You look good, Lemon Quisha. She's like, Uh uh-uh, uh, nigga, I'm calling HR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, fellas, it's only harassment if you're not attractive. Yeah, I just seen I seen something similar to that. <laughs> yeah. Women, and you know what's funny? I, I I that's not a true statement, but it is true. It's mm-hmm. it's true and not true. Because I noticed there's a common theme that I've seen guys that um, will go up to a chick and be like, hey, 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 come here real quick. Come here real quick. And the girl will literally come there. And it's usually the Chad looking dude, the mm-hmm. taller dude, handsome guy. But if an ugly nigga did that, they'd be like, uh-uh, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not doing it's that. It's that uh, handsome privilege. Yeah, well, that that goes both ways. There's, mm-hmm. there's the the pretty privilege shit going mm-hmm. on too, and women know pretty privilege is real. Because if you're just an average, regular looking girl, and you have a very attractive friend, you see the disparity between what you can do and what your very attractive friend can do. I think that goes, um, especially with women, like uh, not necessarily like our opinion, but more of a, a general opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that um like what Lizzo did at the at the um at the Laker game. I genuinely think that if that was like Kim Kardashian it would be a little bit a little bit different in there. Yeah, that would be a lot different. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot different. Cuz well, Kim Kardashian, I mean it, she went on a Laker game like that, but she definitely got stuff on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. She got her booty out and champagne. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember when Amber Rose showed her hairy pussy on the internet. 
Mm-mm. Amber Rose posted a picture of her of her vagina on fucking Instagram. You didn't see that? It was I don't remember st- that. She it wasn't like the lips were showing, but she was laying down and you could see like her vagina mm-hmm. and it was just like hair on it, right? Mm-hmm. And then it like posted and it got deleted and a bunch of people were screenshotting and whatnot. And it's like, can you believe she posted that? Mm-hmm. Yo, that's crazy. And what there was there wasn't no like, oh, you look bad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It was it wasn't that hairy. It wasn't bad. It was mm-hmm. a ni- nice looking vagina. <laughs> um, but that but it wasn't like they wouldn't dogging her out because she's attractive, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Lizzo's not attractive, but Lizzo is an acquired taste. The average person is not going to like a large woman. Mm-hmm. The same way women are not going to like a large man. Yeah. That's just the, I'm sorry. That's just the that's just the way society is. It's not mm-hmm. me making the call. It's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we stopped talking about McDonald's, man. I think it's time to move on. Yeah. All right, switching gears. Uh Billy Ike. Billy Eichner slams Twitter trolls for bros criticism. Uh, recently, uh, there's a movie called Bros, um, and it is based off of, let's go, let's just let's read the article. Let's just do that instead. All right. Billy Eichner slams Twitter trolls for bros criticism, promises to tweet about movie every day to spite them. Uh, Billy Eichner is uh, on the defense after underwhelming results from bros at the box office. The actor is clapping back at Twitter trolls. Uh, that are using the performance of the romantic comedy at the movie theaters to attack the quality of his work. Uh, Box office, as we all know, has absolutely nothing to do with the quality of the movie. And tweeting about a movie you haven't actually seen is meaningless. That's just Twitter bullshit. The majority of of people who see bros really like it. Go check it out and see for yourself, he tweeted. In the second tweet, Eichner promised to continue tweeting bros every day for the next year, just despite all the haters. Um, and this what his, his, his tweet was. Uh, box office, as we all know, has absolutely nothing to do with the quality of the movie. And tweeting about the movie you haven't actually seen is meaningless. That's just Twitter bullshit. The majority of people who see bros really like it, blah, blah, blah. Next tweet he has says, and yes, I'm going to continue tweeting about bros every day for the next year just to spite you, right? So this guy's not liking it. And this is what he said at the end. It was not okay. He said, end quote, even with glowing reviews, uh, glowing reviews, uh, great Rotten Tomato scores, and A Cinema score, et cetera, straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros. And that's disappointing, but it is what it is, he added. And at the end of his tweet, he encouraged everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo to watch bros in the movie theaters. Let me be very fucking clear about what I don't like. There's a couple things I don't like about this Mr. Eichner. First of all, to generalize every straight person as a homophobic weirdo if they don't watch the movie is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Um, I like pussy. So if I don't want to watch that movie because it doesn't relate to me as a man, mm-hmm. I don't have to watch it. And if I do watch it, I'm going to watch it with an objective eye. And if it's funny, I'll be like, hey, that movie with the gay people in it is fucking hilarious, whether it's lesbians or gay guys. But let me at least make an organic movement towards the fucking film. Don't try to force people to like your content. The reason why I'm qualified to make this statement, hello, been doing a podcast over four and a half years. Me and Keith come here, we release the content, and we push it out. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. We do this podcast every week without any expectations. And we don't try to solicit it to people and force them to like it. That's ridiculous. How the fuck has this guy reached the apex of success? Yet he still does not understand that you should not have expectations from your work. Mm -hmm. You can only hope that it does well. 
put it out and just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. That is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's what you, stop pigeonholing people. Stop pigeonholing people because you're not getting the results that you want. That's not our fault. It's mm-hmm. not straight people's fault. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Charlemagne made a statement that made sense. He said there is enough there is enough people who uh there's enough people in the LGBT community that yeah. can that could fill up parades across the country yeah Mm -hmm. but yet they couldn't fill up an amc theater Mm -hmm. he's like that's got nothing to do he's like with 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 straight people what about the lgbt community they didn't come out and 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 support that the way that they probably should have it's no different that it's the same conversation we have about women's sports more specifically the WNBA, where you know women will conveniently become a part of the conversation and say well if that was lebron then he would have been free but they're keeping britney griner because men are doing this or that uh pump your brakes ma'am more men support the WNBA than women do so why is it that it's our fault that's not our fault like if if i had a conversation with most women about the sport of WNBA, i could name off the teams and players of many different teams Mm -hmm. i actually like the game of basketball period the las vegas aces just won the championship Mm -hmm. you know um uh what's her name kelsey plum point guard really good Mm -hmm. asia wilson very good like these are really good players Mm -hmm. but the thing about it is People conveniently will become a part of that conversation about how women don't make enough money, which I don't feel they do. Women should get paid more money, right? But you don't even watch the game. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a parallel between these two where the LGBT community did not come to the fucking theater. So how the fuck is it my fault? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's wild. um, I seen the trailer for the movie. Uh, maybe only like once or twice, and when I seen it, I was like, "That actually looks like a cool movie." Mm-hmm. Um, and I just—I mean, I haven't got around to, to going to a theater or something mm-hmm. like that. And I—I I, um, so after the movie came out, and um, I seen it wasn't doing so good. I realized that a lot of people don't like that that guy. It was a Bobby Eichner, Billy Eichner, Billy Eichner. A lot of people just don't like him um, as a as a human being. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like he has one of those. Um, uh, you know, it's just certain people that that people people don't like. I can't really think of a, a person. He's like he's like the motherfucker that runs Barstool almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just like um, a fucking David Portnoy. David Portnoy. Yeah, he's just one of those people that he just kind of rubs people the wrong way. Whether it's they've watched some interviews or something like that, or he, he might look a little off. Whatever the case may be, um, people just don't really gravitate towards him. And then <clears throat> on top of that, you have a. Uh, these uh the movie comes out and it's supposedly good i'm not i'm not saying that the movie is bad but you know it got it got good scores on the rotten tomato and stuff like that um but then the movie comes back and you blame the lack of success on heterosexual um men pretty much um or like homophobic homophobic men and all these different things and calling you know, homophobic weirdos for not going to see the movie. I'm sure there were people that were like, "No, I'm not watching that. I'm, yeah. I'm not watching this movie because like that just is not like yeah. ew, whatever." You know, that there may be a percentage of people right. out there like that. But the tone in which you like um, try to justify the lack of success of your movie, it kind of turns people off from actually 100%. wanting to go see it. You know what I mean? Instead of saying like, "Hey, this is a really good movie." Um, you know, it didn't do so well in the box office, but I genuinely think that people, um, you know, will grow to appreciate this movie. Right. But no, he's kind of like going on this like this rant, 
Like, you yeah. know, I'm going to tweet every day until, you know, whatever the case may be. So, yeah. See, here's the thing. When you create content, I feel like me and Keith are very valid to make these statements. Whenever you create content, if you're not getting the traction that you want, the only thing you could do is double down. So if you have your own social media account, post more post funny clips that uh, uh, that are in the movie. You know, bring attention to the movie by putting the movie out. Put the content first, not your mouth, not your, you know, your anger towards the situation or your bitterness towards what's going on. Put the fucking content out. Me and Keith put up clips. We find parts of the podcast that we feel are entertaining or, um, uh, you know, are decent and we put them out. That's how we promote the podcast is by putting the fucking podcast content out there. Not yeah. not telling people like, man, if y'all ain't listening to this podcast by now, bro, you lost, bro. You should be listening to this. Man, yeah. Like, I, I'm in no position as a content creator to be telling you what the fuck to do. The beautiful thing about content creation is when you put the content out and they come to you. See, here's the funny part. If you've made it up to this point into the podcast, what are we fucking 12, 13 minutes in by now? 15 minutes? Uh, almost 30. God damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> see what I'm saying? If you made it this far into the podcast, you came over here and you felt that we had enough value for you to stay and listen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about creating something awesome is the fact that people will come to you and listen to what you got going on. But if they don't feel it's great or it's awesome or it's entertaining, they're not going to fucking waste their time with it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just be better. Do better. I, I will... I, I don't even think it has anything to do with the movie, honestly. Like, if all the things are lining up, like, you got a good a good rating on Rotten Tomato, which is um, yeah. not 100% of the time. It's, you know, it's always a, a mm-hmm. good judge of, of movies. But for it's the most part, man. for the most part, if it gets a decent score on Rotten Tomato, it's a, it's a pretty decent movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think that um, because they, the, the kind of world we live in, and because, you know, it's, you kind of got to, like, spoon feed people in a sense of like mm-hmm. those 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 kind of movies like it's kind of the first first of its kind i think it's only men in the movie if i'm not mistaken mm. um i think straight to netflix you know straight to streaming service would have been it would have been easier for a guy like a you know the the average heterosexual male yes. to be like oh this this looks pretty interesting let me check yes. this out great point Keith. and then it could and then it could have like bubbled in that way like you know some guys would be like yo I was kind of weary of watching that but after watching it, it is a pretty pretty decent movie yeah. what, but going what? to the theater and be like can I get a ticket for bros right and you looking over your shoulder like I ain't no homo but let me get a ticket for bros like it's just it's just a lot. Okay, that's for for example, man. And this goes with anything. It's like having a very very black film, right? Mm-hmm. And then you blame the the success of that black film on white people not coming to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, how the fuck is it white people's fault? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yeah. <laughs> like if you put that same black film and you put it on a streaming platform such as Netflix, people will feel more, uh, I won't say feel more comfortable, but it will be more convenient for them to tune in that way. During the pandemic or when, you know, the Black Lives Matter and, you know, George Floyd and all that, there was a huge spike of white consumers watching black films. You Mm -hmm. know that, right? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they created a genre on fucking Netflix called Mm. Black Lives Matter, I think it was called. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, this is a little OD right here. It's a little much. It's a little much. You Mm -hmm. you had to put Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. on there. Kanye West definitely didn't watch that section on Netflix. I'm not watching the section on Netflix for Black Lives Matter (laughs) because 
what it, the problem is they want to enslave you. You know what I'm saying? Well, like when I came out with my new album, they was trying to tell me that my life didn't matter. <laughs> my kid's life didn't matter. He'd be like, Kanye, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Kanye, and what's funny, he goes on a tangent and, th- and he just jumps around. It'd be a lot going I was on. eating breakfast this day, you know, this morning with my kids, and I thought about my investments. And then I went to wash my car. I was like, nigga, what part of the story does this make sense? <laughs> Just get to the fucking end of the story, Kanye. You son of a bitch. No. Um, the fuck was I talking about? See, that's what Kanye does to me. <laughs> that's what Kanye does to me. What the fuck were we talking about? Talking about Billy Eichner. Oh, yeah, Billy Eichner. Um, yeah, man. Um, in regards to this whole situation, if you're gonna if you're going to do anything and put any content out into the world... Um, don't have these expectations, but that's what I was going to say. I think it would have been smarter for him to go to a streaming service because people who are already subscribed to uh, the platform, which is Netflix, would it would have been as easy as to click on it, mm-hmm. right? Just to click on it and say, hey, dude, I wasn't expecting to like this movie, mm-hmm. but this shit was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be like, this movie's gay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take me and all my heterosexual friends to watch a movie that's gay. Mm-hmm. That and, would and be that, extremely progressive. It would be that, progr- it would be progressive, but it's not realistic. Yeah, it, I just I don't I just don't see a version of that. No, anymore. no. And let's be very clear when I say this. It's like um it just it just doesn't make sense. And it's not homophobic. It's just that as a man who is heterosexual, I don't really you're not trying to occupy a specific space to go like I've never been to a pride parade in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not because I don't like gay people. I'm just a heterosexual man. But you but you got to think about it like this too. Um, Moonlight won the Oscar for like best film or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly which which Oscar it won. I think mm-hmm. it was best movie or whatever. Um, and that's a movie about a gay black man, right? right? You know, so Billy Eichner, like you don't really have an excuse. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's and but the success of the movie was not super crazy. It just was a good movie that kind of yeah. you know made its rounds in terms of uh you know the uh, you know film festivals and you know all the Oscars and stuff like that. You're onto something, Keith. And here's why you're really onto something. Recently, the documentary, not the documentary, but the movie the based on true events with Jeffrey Dahmer. Or mm-hmm. the the series based off Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer was obviously homosexual, mm-hmm. right? And um, he there was many scenes where there were naked men and things like that. And I just kept watching it. I mm-hmm. didn't even care that there were gay scenes in the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. I was invested in the show. Mm-hmm. So we've reached a time where people are progressive enough where they don't even realize it. Where, yeah, you know what I mean. Where if you were to bring this movie, which is is a gay film. And bring it to Netflix. Yeah, no one's gonna think twice. They'll be like, "Yo, that movie's fucking hilarious." Yeah, my my uh, my cousin is in uh, the master's program mm-hmm. and um, for social work, and he interviewed me. And I guess he's doing this assignment, talking about like um, the progress in 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 the community and um, society as far as like you know gay relationships. So his uh, que- yeah, he gave me like twenty questions. It was like a two hour long you know, conversation. Um, and it was all centered around like how I felt going to a gay wedding. And what I realized wow. after that conversation is that I've made so much progress in right. terms of like my, 
my stance or my view on uh, on on gay relationships. Um, and it was like a, it was really it was really um, cool conversation because I spoke about it from a you know from a Christian standpoint, me being a Christian from mm-hmm. you know from what we believe in the Bible and right. how we looked at the relationship and how we kind of um, put that aside to mm-hmm. you know support our family and our cousin and stuff like that. And um, so much so to where now, you know, like um, I haven't watched a Jeff- Jeffrey Dahmer thing, but I mm-hmm. was in a conversation. It was like a Zoom meeting with this guy, mm-hmm. and he was a he was an older guy, probably like you know, I would say he's might have been like in his fifties or sixties. Yeah, and he was basically saying like, "Yeah, we have a, a gay community out here, and we're doing this, and we're trying to um, start this nonprofit organization." And I was just listening. Right. It wasn't like, "Ugh, like why would you do?" It was just like you know, you just start to see the progress in yourself, and it's like. You almost like want to pat yourself on the back because we're in such a yeah. position. Like when we was younger, that was that mm-hmm. was out. Yeah, if this was me over ten, over ten years ago, at, at Eddie that was twenty three, and you start telling me, I'm like, man, I don't want to hear about that gay shit, man. Yeah, that that would have been my response. Like, man, I want to hear about that. But the thing about it is, is people could say, oh, that was homophobic, but you got that's like conditioning. That was considered socially acceptable to be like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the whole gay wedding thing, that doesn't matter to me either. I would go to a gay wedding as long as mm-hmm. they ain't fucking. Like yeah. I would go, <laughs> I would go to the wedding. I mm-hmm. wouldn't care. Yeah, you know, put the it, cocks away. Yeah, put the, put the, hey man, you said no cocks, man. Come on, <laughs> come on, man. The priest is. I mean, not the priest. The pastor's still right there, man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be nuts. You'd be like, yo, these gay weddings different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get you got you trying to have an early honeymoon out here. It's still daytime, nigga. God damn. <laughs> That's funny. These wedding these gay weddings off the chain, yo. <laughs> Rich boy. I think, Char- I think Charlemagne excuse me. Um, I think Charlemagne was talking about one of the uh, gay weddings he went to. It was probably like one of the best weddings he had went to. Or yeah, something like that. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Imagine you at a gay wedding, all of a sudden you see rich boy in the corner. <laughs> Throw some cocks on that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what you doing here, man? <laughs> crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, all right, switching gears. Uh, Decriminalizing Artistic Expression Act. Recently, um, uh, uh, Governor uh, Gavin Newsom um, recently became a part of a California bill limiting use of rap lyrics in criminal trials uh, signed into law by Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, The the Decriminalizing Artistic Expression Act uh, restricts the use of rap lyrics during criminal trials in the state. Um, California Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a landmark bill restricting the use of rap lyrics as evidence in court, making California the first state to have such a law. Known as the Decriminalization Artistic Act, um, AB 2799 makes it harder for prosecutors and others to use creative expression as criminal evidence in court. In the case of rap, that expression can include lyrics or music or photos and even extends to performance art, visual art, poetry, literature, film, and other media. The legislation passed unanimously in the California State Senate and and Assembly, and the law will require a court to now consider specified factors when balancing the the probative value of that evidence against the substantial danger of undue prejudice. Per CNN, artists of all kinds should be able to create without the fear of unfair and pre-prejudicial prosecution 
Um, the governor said in a Friday statement, California culture and entertainment industry set trends around the world and it's fitting our state. It's fitting that our state is taking a nation leading role to protect creative expression and ensure that artists are not criminalized under biased policies. Now, here's what I have to say about this. Gavin Newsom, that was not a win. It was a win for an artist, but for nobody else. It might have been a win for, you know, some sort of support that Gavin Newsom would have in terms of like, yeah, the, you know, the certain liberal. artists, YG, yeah, certain, E40 and stuff. Yeah, but mm-hmm. here's my thing. Here's my thing. Um, I love hip hop. I've been listening to hip hop my whole life. But let me be very fucking clear here. I think that there are some dangerous, unhelpful messages in hip hop. And I think it's about time a lot of artists start updating the fucking message that they're putting in the music. Recently, one of my favorite rappers, actually, Young Jeezy, came out with a new album or is releasing it. And on on uh, Instagram, he had a bunch of people wearing those snow shirts. You know, the ones that they were kicking, they were taking away from kids back in the day. They wouldn't let you wear them mm-hmm, at school. Mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of people wearing those shirts. And he was like, you know, still talking about drugs. And it's like, dude, you're in your 40s, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You're in your 40s still talk. Fat Joe. Joey Crack. Nobody even smokes crack anymore, Joe. <laughs> they've, 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 they've upgraded the drugs. Except they Rich Boy. Huh? Except Rich Boy. Oh, Rich Boy. Rich Boy smoking crack. All <laughs> niggas want to check. Type no slick. Just bought a crack pipe. Just breeze on it. Just bought a crack pipe. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, Pusha T still talking about drugs since I've been in fucking high school, man. Mm-hmm. Like, th- like, update the fucking sound and the messaging. Like, even Nipsey started to change his messaging in his music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, he understood his responsibility. He started talking about, like, really uplifting shit. Mm-hmm. He started talking about vertical in- integration. He's mm-hmm. talking about businesses owning land mm-hmm. um you know his you know uh, life insurance policies like he was really talking about this stuff nipsey really was updating his message same as jay-z when he came out with the 444 album mm-hmm. so it's like there's no reason for you to have to go to court or to have uh something signed in the law let's be very clear that shit is fake too if you a rapper talking about shit you're not doing then that's fake as fuck yeah it's fake. It's like, don't make me get the guns out. It, I, sometimes I hear local rappers talk about guns, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Shut up, man. I know you, Travis, okay? <laughs> Your name's Travis. Some of these niggas got guns. Yeah, I mean, they ain't, I mean, they got a gun with no bullets in it or some shit. Like, man, don't make me shoot you. Like, nigga, you ain't got no bullets in there. <laughs> 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 Yeah, your name is Travis, man. Nobody, people, we know you. Mm-hmm. Nigga, we know you. You know you ain't going to do nothing, man. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard some rappers, uh, like, you know these new, these new like, swag, drugged out rappers? Mm-hmm. They be like, don't make me get that thing on you. <laughs> don't make me make it shoot. Don't make me put that thing and make it sing on you. <laughs> and then they use an auto tone. Don't make me make that, you were like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you heard that song by a, a young uh, what's his name, Lil Yachty, recently? No, like the uh, walk. I think it's called the Walk to Poland. I think it's called. They've been they've been spoofing that shit on TikTok. Oh, that shit is hilarious. Really? And take a walk to Poland is fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, I don't want to listen. It's to a that. fucking terrible song. It's it's yeah. terrible. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, very 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 terrible song. Very terrible. <clears throat> no, I think that this. 
the with the thing with this act, it it's it like you said, it's not really a win because um if like you said, if you're if you're not lit if you're not being authentic in terms of like the 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 the, the music that you're making, then that's just like one that's fake. And then two it really be niggas like killing people and talking about it in their music. Literally, like yeah, this happened. Yeah, and this happened multiple times, and we, even in Bakersfield, like yeah, it'd be people dying, and then the next thing you know, it's a diss record about these you know said people, and you're like, oh, this is like you basically snitching on yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. This is not like I don't. Know. I I just think like even if that was you, and even like you mentioned the guys like uh, Jay Z and stuff like that. A lot of the people that really move smart be real mindful of the statue of limitations. Yeah, yes. you know, so they if they are talking about stuff, they talking about it in a way where it's not incriminating, or are they talking about it in a way where you know it's like a story or a message to it. You know what I mean? And I I just think that, um, and, and then you have you know you know even like a guy like uh, YG, he's uh, he's talking about it, but it it you gotta. You kind of got to be mindful of the messenger sometimes. You know, YG has been in um, a lot of people when they see his name pop up in connection with some of these like political things. It's like, they yeah. always like bring up certain stuff that he's been affiliated with in the comments. Yeah. So it's like it's, it's just tough to, um, you know, when you when you even 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 YG. And I don't think he had anything to, to do with PNB rock, but. Even him having the you know the how to rob a rapper song like right you know only a few weeks after uh, P and B Rock dies it, it just like it's so stupid yeah it's just like one of those things so I don't know I feel like the the only real way to kind of get this music out of there is like just to not really listen to it but that's not really gonna happen because people people are infatuated with that kind of like that yeah. like gangster rap the, the issue too is not just gangster rap but just rap in general this is these artists have way more influence that, that than they're willing to admit. You know, when you go to a Travis Scott concert and you fucking pass out because you've been doing drugs, mm-hmm. like, and you fucking die and get trampled, mm-hmm. like, that's influence. We have to stop acting like these rappers aren't influencing fashion. They're not, they're influencing the drug culture. You know how many motherfucking rappers die to drugs? Mm-hmm. Juice World, dead. Lil Peep, dead. Do I need to keep going? Pimp C, dead. From drugs. Mm-hmm. The same drugs they rapped about in the music. And people was like, you know, glorifying it. You know, even uh, it's an old Texas rapper. I think it's Big Mo. I could be wrong. But he had a song back in the day called Purple Stuff. That was codeine. Mm-hmm. And you got all these rappers talking about this bullshit, man. Mm-hmm. This shit is bull. It's bullshit. The difference between people like, in, like people who are influenced and people like me and Keith is me and Keith are able to discern between bullshit and entertainment. And we'll we'll dive into the entertainment part and be like, yo, that song is dope, but that nigga ain't talking about shit. Like, mm-hmm. we know it, mm-hmm. but other people don't. They, yeah, yeah. You see grown adults walking around with, with lean in their cup. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you're in your 30s. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Even, even it, it can even go as far as an artist like uh, The Weeknd. You know, with the weekend talk about, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. And then but brag I love about it. brag about how he got kids singing it. But hold it, yeah, he was at the motherfucking like Nickelodeon Awards, and this mm-hmm. little kid's like, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. It's about cocaine. <laughs> the song is about fucking cocaine, featuring Rich Boy. 
Rich boy doing coke, coming to your fucking spokes. I know slick, just bought some coke. Yeah, man, that's terrible, man. We live in a wild time mm-hmm. where we glorify things that we should not be glorifying. And then they, we, we, you know, turn around and act like it's not influencing people. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Like the clothes that people wear, like the fact that back in the day, I would kind of sag my pants a little bit. I wore my pants a little looser. And it's because I was I was slightly influenced. Mm-hmm. To wear my clothes that way because of certain artists I watched or what was cool at the moment. Mm-hmm. Same reason why these kids are wearing skinny jeans and wearing these shoes and all, you know, Balenciaga shoes and Alexander McQueen. It's because these rappers talk about it. They made it cool. Mm-hmm. They influence you and it's happening. The worst type of influence to me is is when it's also happening to adults. Mm -hmm. You know how many grown-ass women that I've seen that are probably like late 30s or 40 that'll be like, period, Mm -hmm. period, (laughs) ah, period. It's like, girl, you're 40. Mm -hmm. You're influenced by Meg Thee Stallion? Mm -hmm. You having a hot girl summer at 45 years old? Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? What what you on, man? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. We got we got to do better, man. Yeah, but I think um, I don't know. Just in terms of this this bill being passed, it's it's not really a win. I I just think that the real win is changing the content. Yeah, the real win is people really um, rapping about more uplifting things. Yes, that, you know the real win is for a guy like La Russell to be yes. you know, number one on the Billboard or number one on the rap charts. Yes, you know what I mean. Just that person, you know spreading that the person that that the the person of that caliber spreading that message you know in that in that top position right. i think that would be a beautiful thing oh yeah he's a great fucking artist it just kind of i don't know it's it's just the thing that bothers me one is like you know you you kind of spread a negative message and then two um you know sometimes the the stuff be legit like mm-hmm. uh what's the name wine Y.N.W. Melly or something like that. Like oh, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he the, he had the uh, murder. Murder, on, murder on My Mind song. Woke um, up in this morning and had that murder on my mind. He yeah. really killed somebody. Yeah. And, you know, if that, if that, you know, he's still on trial, I believe. But if he gets convicted of, uh, of murder, then, like, imagine not being able to use that yeah. Song is leverage, like right. you know what I mean. It is, it is kind of wild, yeah. you know. And I get it in a sense to where, like you know, there is some sort of creative, you know, uh, most more so like a guy like Lil Wayne, like he's a really good rapper. So sometimes he'll he'll have little slick lines like shoot, uh, uh, he said leave him dead in the living room. Get it, leave him dead. And I could imagine Lil Wayne is not really shooting nobody in the living yeah. room, but it like it's it's really people out here like really thugging, yeah, and just making music and. Diss songs, it's like guys that got really, really popular right. off of making diss songs after certain people die. Especially like that whole, you know, the way Mozzie came up was like making a diss record. Like Mozzie is a person that, you know, out, out in Sacramento, you know, they had like real gang wars and mm-hmm. he just happened to be good at rap. So, you know, he putting a lot of this stuff on wax and people dying left and right. You know, excuse me. And um, in terms of like getting some of these like criminals off the street, it's just like you know. Obviously, like a, I just feel like a song. You know, some some of the stuff that like uh, that they're dealing with with um, Young Thug and stuff like that. Oh my bad, that was my phone. Was your phone? 
um, what they doing, dealing with like Young Thug and and, and Gunna and stuff um, with, with their case. I don't know how much all of that is like, because I feel like if you if you really in the streets like that, you're going to sprinkle on a little bit of extra. But some of the stuff is going to be is going to be legit. And I think that um, I, I do think some people would say, like, I heard maybe maybe Rory saying it like you, you got to put the work in. Like if you're going to arrest these artists, you really got to do the work. You, I don't think there's a case to where a um, a lawyer is going to, you know, sit in front of a judge and a jury and be like, um, on this song featuring Young Thug and X, Y, and Z, he said, I'm shooting niggas. Like, that's not going to get you, that's not going to get you to win the, the, the trial. But, you know, in terms of like just, just setting up the character, mm. I would imagine that that's, that's definitely something that could support you. Because you obviously need legit evidence. You need to show... That, you know, you need to show tattoos, you need to show, you know, locations, you need to show conversations, you need to show um, different camera footage with, with people doing, you know, certain things. You need right. to show, like, receipts and stuff. Yeah. Then you build in the case. But I, I just think the, the song is just kind of like some sort of supporting like, evidence. On that song featuring Rick Ross, you said, in quote, shoot a nigga in his eye till he die on God. Did you not say that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall. I don't recall that, man. Yeah. I don't recall that. <laughs> I was under the influence of codeine at the time. I didn't know if I made that or not. <laughs> Lil Wayne would be like, eat your pussy till you die, motherfucker. You gonna die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, moolah, baby. <laughs> Yo, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times Lil Wayne had an eat your pussy reference. Yeah, he'd be having a lot. It could, be, it could even be like a... It could, like, I can't even imagine him making like a serious song. Uh-huh. He was like, How to Love. That's like, I guess that's a serious song, right? Yeah, yeah. That. How to Love. <laughs> I eat that pussy till she dies. <laughs> How to Love. <laughs> like, hey, make your mind up, Lil Wayne. Are you eating pussy or what are you doing, bro? What's going on? <laughs> when he said, Eat your pussy till you die, that's that's some aggressive pussy eating right there. God damn. <laughs> Uh, nigga Lil Wayne. That'd be that'd be nuts. <laughs> I think if, if women have one way they could go out, I think they want to go out like that. Yeah. That'd be wild. Yeah. I think but I get you know, I guess to kind of conclude my take on it, it's like uh it's a, I think above all but above the lyrics, even it's an energy thing. Yeah. What the heck? Siri listening to me now? Uh-uh. Um it's nigga, why are you talking about drugs and violence? Nigga? <laughs> um, it's an energy thing, right? So mm-hmm. a guy like Meat Mill, you know, he got caught up. And I don't know if they used any of his lyrics in terms of like, you know, getting him caught up when he got when he went to jail. Um, and then Jay-Z and uh, Robert Kraft and all them help, helped him get out. Mm-hmm. But it's just a it's an energy thing. So I would imagine if the content of uh, during that time, I would imagine if the content of Meek Mill's songs was a little bit different, mm. you know, he was spreading more of a positive message. And he, I, I like post that thing. He actually was doing a little bit of like, you know, legit, like positive songs, not, not shoot him up, bang, bang type of stuff. But I would imagine if uh, that was like the content of his, of his songs, like just spreading a positive message that that he wouldn't have even got caught up in that in that you know situation where he got arrested you know I think he was just riding a bike or something like that but I think 
you know, so above the actual uh, legalities of it, just the energy of it, you know, just spreading a positive message. I think that you just get less, it's just less smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even like, you know, uh, rest in peace to rest in peace to uh, PNB Rock. But you, that type of stuff, like it just don't happen to Kendrick Lamar. It don't happen Mm-mm. to J Cole. And when you actually really start to look at PNB PNB Rocks like Instagram lives and yeah, stuff like that, he's like, "Yo, niggas ain't gonna smoke me. Niggas know how I move out here. Niggas, niggas ain't never gonna catch catch me lacking. Yeah. Probably somebody else, but not me. That ain't never gonna happen to me." Yeah, but that's mm-hmm. when that 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 hip hop shit. In reality, it's two different things. Mm-hmm. Not to mention a trio, a mom, dad, and a son killed him. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts, man. Mm-hmm. That's sad. All right, but yeah, um, I'll say this. Um, if you are doing something that is highly illegal and you shot somebody or you robbed somebody or you got drugs or you, you're selling packs, whatever you're doing, Why? Why the fuck would you put that shit on the song, you stupid motherfucker? Mm-hmm. Why would you put it there? Back in the day, a guy that was selling dope or whatever he was doing, he wouldn't want to be found out. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't want motherfuckers knowing he was doing something illegal. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something illegal, just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to get the governor to sign off a bill or whatever to where you don't get in trouble. How about you just don't put it in the fucking lyrics and snitch on yourself to begin with? Yeah. You're a grown man. You're a grown man. Like, it's beyond the statute of limitations, but I've talked about, for me, back in the day, I worked at a department store, and I was doing something that was not in my character. I was stealing shit, mm-hmm. and I should not have been stealing it. But here's the thing. I don't even say the name of that store still. <laughs> does my does our podcast have 8 million people listening? No. We've only, we've got, you know, we get a couple thousand, you know, here and there. But here, here's the thing. I'm still not going to incriminate myself. Yeah. You know, I'm not nope, I'm not built like that. I'm mm-hmm. not stealing shit. Mm-hmm. But at the time I was. Yeah. Right. But these motherfuckers will be like, I sold dope on A Street at eight o'clock. Yeah. You know how I get down, how mm-hmm. we pop. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I sold dope, sold crack. And it's like, bro, you telling everybody every drug you ever sold on the street and the time that you did it. Mm hmm. And if there was, okay, imagine this. You know how there's a statute of limitations, right? But imagine, mm-hmm. imagine you talking about something that's a cold case. There mm-hmm. is no statute of limitations on a cold case. Mm-hmm. If there was a murder that was involvement of whatever you're rapping about, now you in trouble, man. Yeah. <laughs> Niggas be talking crazy. Sliding down, street, sliding down C Street, shot that nigga Taekwon. Getting cream like my name is Raekwon. Yeah, shot you in the pelvis as I drove off in my Lexus. This nigga rhymed pelvis and a Lexus. And he shot somebody in the same line. Yeah. Then he'd be on the news like three weeks later for killing Taekwon. Yeah, yeah, you kill Taekwon, now you're on the news. Man, Black Lives Matter, this ain't right, man. They yeah. be like, don't try to pull that shit out now, motherfucker. Yeah. 
Free my nigga baby C. Yeah, Black Lives Matter, not yours, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to go to jail, motherfucker. Yes, yes. <laughs> you can go to jail, sir. Stop yelling free criminals. Yeah, don't do that. Free yeah. my homie. He didn't, free my homie Tay-Tay. He didn't do shit. It's like. Yeah. Um, that nigga's a murderer. Yeah, Tay-Tay, Mook Mook, whoever that was, they shot yeah. that dude, bro. Let that nigga do his time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to. Nah. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You ever seen somebody that you know that clearly was a criminal? There was a guy that I know recently that um, it was on the news, or whatever. He got in trouble for a crime he committed, and it was people like, "Y'all don't know the full story." My my homie, he a good guy, this and that. I'm thinking like, "Nah, bro, he did that." Yeah, like he he really did that. Yeah, just let him go to jail, man. Some treacherous people. Let him go to jail, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. Um, Draymond Green. Uh, recently, Draymond Green uh, of the uh, Golden State Warriors, um, there was a video that leaked between him and Jordan Poole in practice where I guess there may have been some banter back and forth, and all of a sudden, Draymond walks close to him and um, just literally cold cocks the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, he walks in his face. Jordan Poole tries to push him away, and Jordan Poole didn't seem like he was being aggressive. Mm-hmm. He said like he was pushing him away because he didn't want any problems. Mm-hmm. But then Draymond leaned in and swung and hit him really hard. Yeah. It looked like a very hard punch. And then Draymond was, got long arms, too. Yeah. and He the, probably, he probably what, 6'8", six, 6'7"? Six, yeah, like 6'7", six, 6'8". He probably got like a 6'11 wingspan. Yeah, he socked him really hard. Mm-hmm. And and it was really fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. And, and Jordan Poole went down, and it's almost like he was trying to get him again, and then the team broke it up. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going. He probably would have dog. If there was nobody to break it up, he probably would have dogged him out. Yeah, and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you you you're a what? Was he a four time champion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a four time NBA champion, and this is how you conduct yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Like as men, I think the most powerful thing you can do as a man is control your temper mm-hmm. and control yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't be in no kind of fight. Unless it's unless you've tried everything, you've tried every single thing to get a point across or to to be respectful, to be cordial, and it didn't work, and now you're fighting. I understand at that point, but as a grown man, you just fighting people to fight people. You mm-hmm. stupid. Mm-hmm. You don't got you 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 can't even consider yourself a man until you can control yourself. Yeah, and that was a lack of self control completely, and it was very disrespectful, um, and it was embarrassing. Like, and now a video leaked of me getting punched out at practice? That's embarrassing. Imagine what that's doing to Jordan Poole. Yeah, that's what he, Draymond came out afterwards and he had a press conference. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't, I don't like to look too much into, like, the the, the uh, genu, genuineness of, you know, certain things just because right. I know everybody's, everyone's temperament is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, so somebody can apologize and genuinely feel it, but it just don't look the same as somebody else. Um, but the way it looked, it kind of just looked. The way he was basically saying it was like, you know, it's it's, a, it's embarrassing for Jordan Poole and for me, and you know, a lot for Jordan Poole because you know, one, it happened in real time, and then also the video leaked, so you know, his family got to see that, and his mom and his dad and stuff got to see that, and that's like, um, you know, what what he has to deal with. But the 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 thing about it is like, um, one, it was like it wasn't a fair one. <clears throat> I just think like you know if they both was like they both was like squaring up and then somebody got the best of one of them and it was like you know you should just shoot a fair one and that's like the end of that but right. it was like it wasn't even uh 
an opportunity to like really defend itself. No, he just got socked out. Yeah, he just got swung on. He probably and I would imagine Jordan Poole had no idea that he was gonna swing on him in that right. capacity. Like he probably thought it was gonna be a little scuffle. Like you know, you know how the NBA players like you know when when it like they grabbing each other's arm and then somebody step in and you know that whole thing. Um, but he really swung on him, and that's like you know yeah. he got to deal with that. Yeah, and see how Skip, I mean how Shannon Sharp responded to it. He's like, look, Skip, 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 Skip. See, the problem is when you walk up in a man's personal space and mm-hmm. you get in my space, I'm already punching you out. Yeah, I'm already gonna punch him, Skip. And I'm gonna tell you something else. If we you hit me like that, Skip, mm-hmm. we gonna fight every day. Mm-hmm. We gonna fight every day. Mm-hmm. Let me get this here black and mild. Put it in my mouth. <laughs> If that was me, I would have whooped him like a slave master back in the <laughs> 1700s. <laughs> he would have been calling me master after that. Draymond would have been... <laughs> Dray- <laughs> <laughs> King Kong ain't got nothing on me. I would have terrorized that boy every single day. Skip, listen, Skip, listen, Skip. I would have fought him to the death every day. <laughs> <laughs> and the skip was like, I, I understand. I understand. He got in your personal space. Nah, that nigga skip be like, he be patting in papers like he's like patting him. He's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh when he gets when he gets mad though, it's funny because Skip's like, "No, it's my turn now. <laughs> I, I let a- you talk for yeah. three minutes straight. I let you talk. And then sometimes he'd be getting real serious and Skip would be like, you know what, Shannon? Um, <laughs> I didn't have the best relationship with my father. Yeah. Uh, just growing up, he was, he was, he was hardly there. So I, I completely understand your perspective on this situation. Uh, he'd, be, he'd just be getting real sentimental. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I understand. He had a beautiful story about how a black woman raised him. You heard that? Uh, I think I do remember hearing that. Yeah, how his mom really just pushed him away. Like his dad wasn't yeah. around and how his mother just kind of like was He got gone. a terrible relationship with his family. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you but, hear that a lot. Yeah, but literally his, his his nanny or whatever was like like literally like his mom. Mm-hmm. It, you you just don't know people's past. And like mm-hmm. when he brought her up, you could tell he was getting a little bit emotional. Mm-hmm. You would never think that Skip Bayless was raised by a black woman. Yeah. But he mentioned why he doesn't like the, I guess, I think the the conversation was the N-word and why he didn't like it. Because mm-hmm. one of his family members or his, his cousin or something that mentioned the N-word. And um, it really bothered him because of how much he had a relationship with his, mm-hmm. with his nanny. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, Skip is. He seemed like a solid dude. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He's a little annoying at times. Yeah. You know, but he's, he seems like a great guy. But mm-hmm. I, I just think seeing the commentary, seeing how... I mean, like the social commentary of you know mm-hmm. this situation has been pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. The most entertaining has had has been uh, Shannon Sharp though. Yeah, Shannon Sharp has a way of really uh, doing it. Who was it? Who else had a uh, like something happen uh, and they got into it? Oh, Will Smith, mm-hmm. and he's like, "See, Chris Rock is only about a hundred and fifty pounds," and 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 Will Smith went up on that stage and accosted him in front of all them people. Mm-hmm. I would have beat some Will Smith ass. <laughs> I would have beat Will Smith ass if he went up there and hit me on there for no reason. <laughs> Look here, and he—I don't know where he's from, but I'll, I'll just make up something. I'm from Co- I'm from Coca-Cola, Alabama, and I'd be damned if I let somebody come and hit me in my face on the stage. I would have beat Will Smith ass. 
I would have beat that boy like we was on a plantation in 1962. <laughs> I'm from a, a dirt roll in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I come from the time we couldn't even date white women. We had to go up. We had a segregated bathroom. <laughs> oh, man. The first piece of white ass I got was in college. <laughs> Sorority sister. <laughs> Her name was Bethany. She used to knit sweaters. Oh, <laughs> uh, his stories, man. Yeah, when he talk about that. his, when he talk about his grandma and his mm. family, he said it was it was twelve of us in a one bedroom house, <laughs> one bathroom, one toilet, <laughs> one kitchen. We slept head to foot. <laughs> I asked my grandmama, I said, I just got my NFL contract. And I asked my grandmama, what would you want? What house you want? She said, I just want a place where it doesn't rain inside. <laughs> and I said, grandmama, I'll give you anything you want. What do you want from me? <laughs> and she said, I just want a place where it's not raining inside, son. I thought, See, you don't understand. I've been through so much in my life. I just want a place where it's not raining inside the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bro, like the way he tells stories is <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> Oh man, when he's talking to you, see when he got into it with DK Metcalf. Oh yeah, they was going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. first and mm -hmm. and and DK was like, he responded like, "Man, get out of here, boy, or whatever you wish you could, whatever." And he and then, but the funny thing is, you can't talk like that to Shannon. Not yeah. only because not only because you know Shannon is a grown ass man mm -hmm. and he's still very strong and very athletic, mm -hmm. but also. Um, the fact that Shannon is a very accomplished NFL player, Hall of Famer, you can't mm -hmm. you can't talk to Shannon like that. Yeah, you know, Santa's like, see, the problem with a lot of these young men is they soft. Mm -hmm. I was just telling the man about his career and how he dropped the ball. He made a bad play, mm -hmm. but he want to come to me and call me boy. I ain't nobody's boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Rich boy popped up. Rich boy, Smokey Craig. <laughs> <laughs> We got to leave Rich Boy alone, man. I got to See, stop Joy it. Taylor used to be on this show, but she had them big old titties just sitting up there. It was distracting. <laughs> Couldn't argue, but skip correctly. Joy Taylor fine as a motherfucker, yeah, Joy man. Good. God damn, dude. <laughs> oh, man. She's on a Fox now. Well, she's yeah, she's been on Fox. But mm -hmm. now she's up there with... Um, the, the, yeah, that one show. It's all like Speak for Yourself it's or something the, like it's, that. What's the black dude that's... Or Speak or something. The black that. dude that's... Uh, I, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Acho. Yeah, Emmanuel Acho. Mm -hmm. I like him, but he's kind of annoying at times. He be having like... Uh, I don't even want to say... I don't think it always sounds like he's doing a commencement speech every time he talks. He be having like some... I don't know. He, some of his takes be like sounding like he a part of the good old boys. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'd be like, what's going on? Yeah, man? it's like heavily fabricated. Like you did this video twelve times before you could get it just yeah. right. Yeah, it's not organic. Mm -hmm. Basically, what the issue is ultimately, if you can't come from behind, you'll never see ahead. So if you don't see ahead, you'll never understand the full <laughs> spectrum of the world. And if you see the world, then you love the world. And it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're purple or yellow. It mm. just means we're all in this together. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and you'd be like, shut the fuck up, nigga. Damn. Jimmy Garoppolo is a physical specimen of a quarterback, makes great decision, rarely turns the ball over. Trey Lance, on the other hand, is a nigga. His hairline is receding, and therefore, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, man. And sometimes the way that they be dick riding Jimmy Garoppolo's sorry ass, I be thinking, like, these guys don't watch the fucking games. You can't There's watch the no games. way you guys are watching the games with you the way can. you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. And somebody's going to say tomorrow, the 49ers are looking really strong. Jimmy Garoppolo's getting into a rhythm. Like, and he dang near through like two, two three interceptions. You motherfuckers yeah. don't watch the game. If you did, you would understand. Yeah. But it'd be funny. Like, they'd be getting, they'd be a little too happy about Jimmy. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo's moving the ball. He's doing a great job. He's the prototypical quarterback. He's the guy you want, you know, and, you know, getting the ball down the field, reading the field, scanning the field, being very handsome, having a, <laughs> having a nice butt. Having a nice butt. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? I knew you guys are gay. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Porn star Jimmy. That nigga Stephen A. Stephen A. Get away with whatever he wants to. Yeah, he be he calling porn star Jimmy on ESPN. Like, That's a Disney network. Yeah, but he still says that. I don't know mm-hmm. why he gets to say it. But I think he knows every loophole to that fucking place. He's been there forever, so he knows better. Mm-hmm. Like what I just watched with with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> he got the ball. On the wrong side of the field, ran out the end zone. You can't have that. You want to win the game? You can't have that out there. Mm-hmm. Porn star Jimmy don't know where he going. <laughs> if it ain't a pussy, he don't know where he going. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dude, fucking Stephen A. If you don't shut the fuck up. Recently in an interview, I didn't see the whole thing, but he talked about how um, three like he could tell when something's too weird when women come on to him a certain way. He said that three women came at him at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Look, I may not be the most attractive dude, but I know I ain't getting three women at the same time. You yeah. think I'm stupid?" Mm-hmm. And I think he was right about that. <laughs> sometimes they try to set you up. That's yeah, yeah. He Stephen A. Excuse me. He be he be low key moving out here like he one of them young boys. Yeah. I think he'd be running through some of these women. Oh, he do. There was an old video of him, and he was doing an interview with this. Uh, I think she was Mexican. But uh, it was like a ESPN Deportes or something mm-hmm. like that. And he was like, oh, I know a lot about Latin women. I know a lot about y'all. <laughs> but I don't think y'all like me too much. He's like, are you sure? Are you sure about that, Stephen A? He's like, I don't know. Maybe we can find out. I don't know. It's an old a video. Freak. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, he a freak for sure. Stephen A. sound like he would say something inappropriate to like a Latina uh, fucking interviewer. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, yeah, maybe we could find out, you know, Panocha, you know. You know, we maybe we could find out. Maybe we I could put my salsa in your burrito or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> put salsa in your burrito. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's all good. You know, I love pupusas and all of that. I love that. It's really good. I like that. I love chorizo. I love good. chorizo. You can have it for breakfast every day. My name out is in Brown, Out in Brownsville. Out in Brownsville, Connecticut. I don't think you know me, ma'am. I've been eating ass a long time. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> Crazy. Yeah, I don't know where the fuck the podcast went. Yeah, we lost. We yeah. lost our reins um, a little. Draymond, man, get some therapy or something, man. You can't be hitting the punching on your teammates. That's fucked up. Yeah, and I think also, and people, I think a lot of times, like with Kobe Bryant, for instance, Kobe Bryant post, uh, I think when you when we really start to hear from people, they can either affirm or you know, disaffirm, if that's a word, um, 
how our perception of them on the court, right? So <clears throat> Draymond Green, for, for example, we starting to hear from him a little bit more. We starting to see him a little bit more. He's getting a little bit older. He's not um, he's not the same uh, defender. He's not the same playmaker that he was. He played he played uh, relatively bad, um, you know, in in last year's um, uh, playoff run. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you seeing things like this, and people already don't really like Draymond. So that's this is the, you know kind of what I'm speaking to. Right. People already don't really care for him as a person. Um, the way he's just you know is kind of a loud talker. Uh, he'll go at. The OGs, he'll go at Charles Barkley and all these different players and stuff like that. So people don't really like him. And what happens is, you know, there's a, as athletes, sometimes we understand that that could just be like an on-court personality. Right. Um, and then we start to see the stuff that's happening like outside of the, the, the you know, the basketball games yeah. and stuff like that. And we like, dang, this person's character is not really like, it's not really A1, right? Yeah. So I say that like with Kobe, for example, People call him a ball hog, all these different things. And as soon as he retired, he became like the most amazing person in the world. He taking his daughter to basketball games. He teaching like all the young guys how to, you know, do post moves and stuff like that. He holding camps. He almost like, you know, single handedly was like uh, promoting the WNBA. He front court at WNBA WNBA games and stuff like that. Um, but Draymond Green, on the other hand, is almost like showing us like why you know you know his encore behavior is not just encore behavior. He's kind of just like that as a person. So um, it's just uh, it's one of those things where I think you know any more of these type of incidents, especially the way the Warriors is built, they got a lot of young talent on their team. Draymond Green might be out of there, and he yeah. lucky it was Jordan Poole. He lucky it wasn't Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. Ah. I don't think he would do that to those guys. Yeah. I think that, you know, um, he has a feeling that, you know, maybe he's losing his relevancy on that team. Yeah. Because, you know. Some young guys on there. It's really good. Yeah. So that team is kind of pushing him out. They don't need him Mm -hmm. like that. He probably realized that, too, in the back of his mind. Like, you got uh, Kaminga, Jordan Poole, Mm -hmm. Wiseman. Um, Andrew Wiggins is still mm-hmm. pretty young, and you know all these guys actually were con- uh, huge contributions. More than he was, yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, I think I think uh, Draymond might be good on a team like the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, I could see him over there with Pop. Yeah, being old and him and Pop screaming at each other. <laughs> Pop don't give a fuck who you are. He'll yell at your ass. Not at all. He don't give a fuck if you Kobe. He don't give a fuck. Tim Duncan. He told one time he told he told Tim Duncan he's like just shut up man just shut the fuck up and then Tim was as mad and he walked to the like Tim's one of the best players in the NBA ever and he, and then he was just cut he would yell at you and tell you to sit down yeah and I'm like oh my god yeah so yeah he might need to go over there mm-hmm. yeah don't, don't, don't nobody play with Pop I think Stephen Jackson was saying that too mm-hmm. he's like Pop you know me and him we had our back and forth but you know you know we we good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> switching gears. Fifty Cent's oldest son um, calls his sixty four hundred a month not enough. Uh, basically, Fifty Cent's son was given some form of an allowance, or uh, I guess it was support. Is that child support? I don't think it's. He's twenty five, so it can't be child support. Oh, this is like I he's, thought it was like not growing a up type child. Stuff. So let me read this. <clears throat> let me read this article. 
50 Cent's oldest son uh, calls his 6400 slash month in child support inadequate. The eldest son of Curtis 50 Cent Jackson recently hopped on Instagram Live to discuss the amount of money he received a month. That's what he said he received in past tense, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, from his father via child support. Uh, according to spitting image of uh, of fifth, the 67 a, a month he received wasn't quite enough to maintain the lifestyle he felt he deserved based on being related to Queens rapper. Um, 67 a month in New York, in, in the state of New York City. You do the math. Marquise 25 told entrepreneur and ex rapper uh, choke. No joke. Uh, you're talking about Forbes, a Forbes lister. You're talking about someone that has problems with everybody. You can't just live in any neighborhood. 81,000 is not a substantial amount of money. You can't just live in anywhere. You're talking about you got beef with everybody in the industry. You can't just live anywhere. So this doesn't make any sense. Basically, his, he's correlating his dad's problems with people and the amount of money he got in support. In support. Like he's supposed to be living in like the top 1% place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have to read the rest of this. Um, I, what I'll take from this is this. Is he... I don't know if it says anything about it, but is he living in New York? Yeah. His son? Yeah. Or is that? His son. His son. But I think he means a lot of his past tense. Here's a video, actually. Hold on. It's 6700 a month. Okay. And I can't buy a child? Listen to, listen to what I'm saying to you. Right. 6700 a month, right? 6700 a month in the state of New York City. You, you do the math. Oh, I've done, I done the math. I've been in child support, bro. I went to jail for it. So I, I said, so hold okay, on. Okay, cool. Hold on, hold on. 6700 a month, right? 6700 a month, right? You Talk, you're talking about a Forbes lister. Hold on, wait, listen. You're talking about somebody that has problems with everybody. You can't just live in any neighborhood. 81K is not, is not a substantial amount of money. Hold on. You can't just okay. live anywhere. And, and if he's contributing... 6700 that means your mom's got the other half. It ain't just for him to take care of you. She got to take care of you. 700. No Where's Basically, mm-hmm. this guy, um, this is when you're out of touch with the average American, right? Mm-hmm. The average American is not making a lot of money per year. The average American is not making $81,000 a year. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And the thing about it is this kid, you look at 50 Cent, right? 50 Cent got shot, almost died, um, was able to turn that into a successful rap career and entrepreneur, and his son is a nobody. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so the thing about it is, is this is why I feel like young men more specifically, they need adversity. They need to be thrown into the fire. This is, and I'm going to say this to, you know, all the fathers and mothers out there, but you know, more specifically, a lot of the single mothers out there, because a lot of the single mothers do a good job with their kids as far as, you know, taking care of them and whatnot. But a young man needs to be thrown into the fucking fire. Mm-hmm. Like the, he's gonna have, some, he's gonna need some adversity because the reason why he's he's eventually gonna get older and become a leader of a family one day. Mm-hmm. And you can't become a leader of a family when you act like this motherfucker right here. Well, he, he only paid $6,700 a month. When you're a grown man, you get up and you figure it out your goddamn self. You don't worry about daddy's money. Mm-hmm. And this is the issue. I'm so glad that I grew up and I remember my grandpa yelling at me because I couldn't properly uh, you know, start a, a lawnmower. And mm-hmm. I'd be standing there with the lawnmower trying to get it started, pressing the choke button, doing that, cutting the grass, picking up leaves, being working at working with him all day. You know, having a father figure in my life and going through these things because it introduces manhood to you earlier. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of young men have that. You ever heard women say nowadays, why don't men know how to be men anymore? They don't know how to be men. It's because a lot of them have not had to face any level of difficulty as a young man. And they got older and didn't know how to be a fucking man. Mm-hmm. You know how many men will get with a girlfriend or a woman and ask her to use her car? You know how many men nowadays will motherfucking be living in a woman's house without paying no bills? You know how many men don't want to work for their family? And and I know some men for I know some men personally that always call off of work, don't want to come into work and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, how is it that I'm a single man, but I go harder for myself than you go for your family? Mm-hmm. Imagine what your lady is thinking about you when you call off of work and you sitting up there with her instead of going out and going to fucking work. Yeah. Or if your lady going to work and you at the house chilling. But this is what happens when men don't know how to be men. Mm-hmm. They don't have like this is what I would strongly encourage women to do. And this may sound you you know bad or some of y'all might be offended. A lot of you guys do a great job with your kids, you know, especially the young men too. However, you can never teach them how to be a man because there is a certain reality that men live that you will never have to fucking face. I know men that work 18 hours and, and lost a fucking finger in the oil fields. I know men that go to work in, in the middle of a snowy a snowstorm. I know men that worked on a, on a, on a we call it those platforms, what do you call it, um, those platforms out in the ocean. Mm-hmm. On it's basically like a um, a ocean platform oil field work. So you working out in the ocean on a platform doing dangerous jobs. Whenever you have not had anything introduced to you as a young man, you ultimately become a older version of that same dude. Mm-hmm. It's like you living in a second childhood. So, ladies, if you got a if you got an older brother or you got an uncle or you got a father or whatever, send your son out there. Make his ass go and cut everybody's yard. Like, make him do something that is going to introduce a certain level of um, difficulty in his life. Mm -hmm. Like, men can, young boys especially, cannot walk around, you know, soft like that. I forgot what Joe Rogan said. Um, There was a quote, but I'll think about it later. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing for me is like I think that I don't really have that perspective like he um he's privileged and he just um 
needs to get out and and do the uh do the hard work and break a sweat sweat equity artist my thing is that the the part that's uh very sad for me is that he is trying to argue a point that is so blasphemous mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just mind-boggling he's trying to say that getting this is free money he's not working for this mm-hmm. this is just him being born he getting you know 80 80 racks a year just by being you know just by way of uh having a a, a famous dad or you know a wealthy dad and he's trying to argue that that is not enough money like any amount of free money to me is enough money mm-hmm. like you know if he if that was the case he getting 80 racks a year and you as a, a like a you could be a, a semi hustler and you could be i don't know like uh open up a shoe store you know mm-hmm. whatever the case may be just make a little bit of money on the side while your dad is you know giving you this money like you will be set but it's the the idea for him um the the idea of him trying to argue with this guy and really trying to explain to him like yo i can't live just anywhere i got to live in certain places because my dad got beef with all these different people and all this stuff like it it who are you trying to like who do you think is going to um um be on your side in terms of this conversation um that Anybody, I'm sure like, I'm sure the comments was flaming him because they would be like, yo, I make $50,000 a year and I work full time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they don't have no empathy for for this kind of no. this kind of behavior. Stupid. That's why I said that he does need to go out and fucking work hard because you're counting another man's pockets. Mm-hmm. I think if you had some integrity, you wouldn't fucking do that. But this is what I was thinking of. Joe Rogan had mentioned this. I forgot what the reference was, but he said it's better to be. A warrior in a garden than a gardener in the war. Basically, if, let me say that again. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Mm -hmm. So you need to have the capacity for hard work. Mm -hmm. So if you're a gardener in a war, you don't know what the fuck's going on. You Mm -hmm. are out in the middle of a war Mm -hmm. and you're such a pussy and you don't have anything that can help you or any tools, you're going to be fucked up. Mm-hmm. You're better off being a warrior in a garden, mm-hmm. basically having the tools and the capacity to be a hard worker. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys just don't have that. And a lot of that is due to, you know, not having any type of example. I don't know how much 50 Cent was in his life or not, but 50 Cent is an example of a man who almost fucking died. Mm-hmm. And was able to turn that into a successful rap career and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So it's like for a guy to work that hard, I'm sure Fifty don't respect that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, corny, and Fifty be corny in a lot of ways too. But there's some things to take away from that. Um, what I what I will say in closing though is, as young men or just men in general, we just we just gotta we have we have no choice. We have to be better. Mm-hmm. We have to be better because we're gonna be. Someday, a lot of us are going to be the leaders of families. We're going to have daughters. You know, we're going to have, and, and the, the daughter one is the biggest one because mm-hmm. as a man, if you have a daughter, you have to be an example of what kind of man you want her to have. Mm-hmm. That's another problem, too. A lot of men out here that will be like this guy and be like, well, he, I'm supposed to make more than this or I'm supposed to have that. Mm-hmm. Imagine you have a daughter and she's seeing you be a wimp mm-hmm. and complain about free fucking money. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
yeah, it's 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 one of those things like you you as uh you know leaders of a family in a in a in a relationship, you gotta you gotta be like self sufficient, and I think that it this reminds me of that situation with um with Dr. Dre and his uh and his one daughter. of his daughters yeah mm-hmm. and, and when he cut her off and she she complaining about <clears throat> having to rent cars and Work all Uber these and shit. Yeah, all these different things. But I, I genuinely think, like, these celebrity um, parents, um, they, at a certain point in life, just get fed up, yeah. you know? it's Because it's a lot of... When you when you have so much wealth and you have enough wealth to change the dynamics of your family, you almost, like, turn into a crutch. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Um, there's so many people that just got their hands out and are, are mooching off of you and stuff. I know um, uh, Warren Buffett, you know, obviously he's, you know, extremely wealthy. But one of his grandchildren had went on Oprah years ago and she did this little spot. And then she did a doc or she did the spot because she had did a documentary. But Oprah was interviewing her. And one of the things she was saying was like, you know, like, I just wish I had a little bit more. Like, uh, my tuition is paid for, so I don't have to worry about anything in college, but I'm working for a family and making minimum wage, you know, just kind of living a regular lifestyle. And I'm like, dog, do you realize, like, I got $30,000 in student, $32,000 in student loans. You know what I would do with a free education? You know what I mean? You know what that would look like for me with a free education? But you get these, like, extremely privileged people, and they're only view on the world as being the the offspring of a very wealthy person. That's nuts. So that's all they know. Not realizing that, like, you know, whatever you're complaining about, you're not going to get no sympathy from nobody because no. a lot of the people in the world is broke. Like, pe- yeah. whatever you're complaining about, people would, like, be... Um, they love to switch places. Yeah, you. they would be ecstatic trying to, you know, get $80,000 a year. And you're, you're complaining about first world problems. Yeah. Right. Very, very. Like This is the epitome of first world problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I only get sixty seven hundred from my dad. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yo, when I was in high school, I remember teenage kids would be getting new cars from their parents better than the car my dad was driving. Yeah. That'll give you some perspective. High school kids getting a brand new Dodge Ram at the time, like a brand new 2003 Ram. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't have no Ram. So you think yeah. about that, like that kid's like, dang, I, I wanted, the truck is cool, but I didn't want that color, mom. Mm-hmm. They don't have another color for me. They don't have that blue one that I seen. Kid, like when your kid get to that point, it's like, yo, I need to take this motherfucking truck back. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest fear, like to uh, to acquire so much wealth and so much success that my kids are just like, that's why like I would I would have to have a woman. I hate to say this, and I know this sounds like a probably corny or bad thing to say, but I need a woman that's been through some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, preferably a woman that didn't grow up with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Maybe a woman that, you know, kind of grew up poor a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because she's already had that adversity or that problem introduced to her life as a young woman. Mm-hmm. So if I've had that and she has that, as a collaborative, we could come together. Yeah. And raise our children in a realistic manner. Yeah. You know, even if we have it, we'll be like, hey, we can't let them get away with just getting all this shit for free. You know, I I went to food giveaways before. 
I, you know, I know how it feels to have food stamps and be embarrassed to pull them out in the grocery store. I know how that feels. I know how it feels to go wait in the line because you ain't got no food and, you know, you got to get a box with a bunch of random cans and canned goods in it. That's not a good feeling. But when you get when you become successful or you start to make more money, you appreciate everything you have even more because you you went through it. Mm -hmm. You went through the gauntlet that's called life. Mm -hmm. You know, I would hate to get with a woman and she would have a fucking silver spoon in her mouth her whole life. Yeah. What the fuck is she going to do with the, when 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 the when the well runs dry, bro? What is she going to do? Mm -hmm. Imagine a woman meets you when you up. I'm talking about you up. You making 30, 40 million a year mm -hmm. and you lose everything. Now you got 2 million. What the fuck is she going to do for you? You know? Mm -hmm. This this attitude of entitlement. A lot of motherfuckers now are entitled. Yeah. You're entitled and you ain't even work for it. How mm -hmm. dare you? Yeah. Yes, it's just a it's a certain privilege that you you just kind of inherently have, and um, it that that's definitely in there. I will say though that as far as like you know, kind of growing with somebody or somebody that grew up poor, it's a lot of it's a lot of issues that come with that too that's in terms trauma, of like bro. financial literacy yes. and, and stuff like that. Like you know, you gotta you gotta deal with as well. So I don't know. I don't know which is a perfect you know you know context to a relationship, but definitely like you just have. Um, a, uh, a certain level of humility. There you, know, you go. When it comes to just growing up without a lot of stuff. Yeah, man. I, it would get to the point where I'd be like, hey, kids, um, we all go into the homeless shelter to feed the homeless today on Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like, I might end up being that type of dad. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm worth $30, $40 million, but we at the homeless shelter this Christmas. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, dog, when, once you get that, once, once God has blessed you and your family that much, and it's like you you have an abundance and you keep on giving people things and this becomes very commonplace. But I need you to see how bad other people got it, bro. Mm -hmm. I need you to see that that kid can't even afford a fucking sweater. Mm -hmm. You know, you, yeah. you, you want a brand new you want a brand new Maserati for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But that kid can't even that kid got holes in his shoes, his fucking shoes talking in the front. His shirt got holes in it. He can't even afford a fucking backpack. Mm -hmm. I need my kids to see that shit mm -hmm. so they understand why I'm pushing back and why I want you to earn what you need. Because, mm -hmm. bro, that shit, that shit is something else. You don't want to make your kids feel guilty. They didn't ask to be in this world. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I need you to understand that there's a real world out there. Yeah. And you making 81 free fucking dollars, right? 81,000 free fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. Is not something you should complain about. You need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. You just got. We need. We need perspective, man. And that's. I know for me, sometimes I'll I'll catch myself complaining about, you know, these first world problems, and then I just be like, man, shut up. I just tell myself to shut yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I had them conversations too. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, damn, I'm trying to go to that restaurant. They still ain't open. Fuck. Mm -hmm. And I'll be and I'll really be like, dang, they took too long to get that. I'll be like, yo, I'm really running my mouth about convenience. Mm -hmm. I'm over here mad because they didn't have this ready for me at this time, mm -hmm. but I got money in my pocket to afford it. I'm sure that it's a single mother of three somewhere that ain't even got no fucking food in the house and she's hungry and I'm complaining about you know what's going on. There's somebody's mom that's sacrificing eating food so her kids can fucking eat. I live in a real world, homie. Mm -hmm. You know, financially now I'm doing better than I've ever done. Mm -hmm. I'm not rich, but that's just the fact as of where my situation is now. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I don't, I don't like forget about other people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, even after my dad passed away, even in that moment, I'm like, I know it's people that got it way worse than me. Mm-hmm. I know, I know people got it way worse. Yeah, yeah. We t- we talked about that um, before, just about that um, that point of view, man. Like just being thankful. Like I was just saying, like I'm thankful I got air conditioning in my car. Bro, it was some summers where I was riding around with the windows down and it was not working. Mm-mm. Just boiling in my car. I seen Keith one day and the, and the windows was down and he just had tears. I was like, "You okay, man?" He's like, oh, "I'm not okay, man." I was like, "I gave him a hug. I was like, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Keep your head up." It's worse when your tears and your sweat mix. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> sad and hot. And then all of a sudden, Drake walked up. God's plan. <laughs> he God's gave me plan. a thousand dollars for yeah, the music video. Yeah, to get his AC. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, you hear that little. <laughs> I guess he really gave them money in that video, though. That's all. Yeah, like, yeah. All the budget for the video. That was actually a really cool idea. It was. Mm-hmm. And they was like crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's plan. That's cool. People hated on Drake for doing that video too. Yeah. I'm like, why are you mad at Drake for How being a good mad? person? People get mad at anything. People people mad at their own lives, so they mad at Drake. At one at one point, I didn't really believe that. I was like, man, this is just people talking. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely believe like somebody that's not in a good place in their life, like they got real uh, frustration, real disdain towards like anybody doing anything positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not I so. had um the dude uh, Desmond Penn. Desmond Penn is the one that was um, on the, uh, they're the dancers from Baker, him and his sister. Yeah, there was at the Gambino concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So him, um, and then the, in the This Is America, This Is America video. Um, so Desmond is choreography, chore, chore, choreographing uh, DJ's wedding. Oh, wow. Uh, we're doing like this little dance or whatever. And um, I was talking to him today. I was like, man, I never really heard the story about how you got on to, uh, the the I thought he was in the video, but he was like, no, my little brother is in the video, mm. um, and his sister is in the video. Uh, so I asked him, I was like, how you getting? I never asked how you got into the um, this is America video. He was like, well, actually, my little brother is the one in the video, but he was just like, they are, um, they just auditioned for the video, and um, you know, since his sister and then his little brother was in the video, um, when it came time to do the tour, they were looking for more dancers, and and you know, by way of them already having a relationship because they wanted right. to keep the dancers from the music video to go on a tour. So he just kind of got, um, he just got kind of got thrown in there. But um, he was saying like, he was just saying like, man, like Donald Glover was so cool. He was like, uh, I really wasn't familiar with who he was, but he was like the tour and everybody on the tour said um, it was the best tour that they had been on, like the camaraderie and stuff like that. He was like, we got paid really well. He was like, I was in Australia. He was like, I'm a person that likes to wake up extremely early in the morning. And he was like, I went to this this beach in Australia, and I was looking out in the distance, and there was this guy that looked kind of homeless, and he had like this little uh, straw hat on. And um, I didn't realize it until he got up closer to me, but it was Donald Glover. And he's like, he shook my hand, and we talked for like an hour. Wow. And I was like, man, that's so dope. And, you know, I was just telling him that I'm a big fan and stuff like that, and we seen him at the forum and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, yeah, man, like they invite me to like stuff um, all the time. So he's like, you know, if I if I got some extra tickets to an event or something, like I'll, I'll definitely shoot them to you. So, you know, 
I was just like, man, that's so dope. So yeah, it's dope. Yeah, Gambino is a great performer. Mm-hmm. Not good, great. Yeah, I was telling him, I was, I was telling him the moment. Remember the moment where he went backstage? Oh yeah. And he was like, I'm not coming out this until you louder. I was like, bro, that was the loudest stadium I've ever been. It in. sounded like a airplane was inside of it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that you could hear that noise outside of that for uh, sure stadium, Just probably riding by about a mile before. down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. There's people that like at pack football games, you could hear that shit over a couple miles away. Because mm-hmm. you got to understand how loud that is. Mm-hmm. It's just we can hear BHS games just driving down, like from the crib, from my mom's crib. You can hear BHS games. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Like that was probably bananas. I hear BHS games from my old place where I used to live. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's on the backside. But we both live very close. We Mm -hmm. just live on opposite sides of one Mm -hmm. campus. Yeah, but yeah, if you're down the street, you can still hear that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, switching gears, Kanye West and Candace Owens. Um, recently, uh, Kanye West, uh, came out with some white lives matter shirts. And let me just read an article here. Um, Kanye West tells Tucker Carlson, he thought white lives matter shirt was funny. Um, you can't take what this guy says literally, man. Uh, you want to run a clip? You want to just read it out? Um, I mean, you don't have to, it's Kanye, yeah. whatever he says, don't be some nonsense. Let's see. It's not long. A commercial? No, we're not doing that. Oh, God. Really? I hate when you press these fucking articles and it's got a commercial on it. Son of a bitch. Anyways. All right. Recently, um, Kanye came out with the White Lives Matter shirt. He posted a picture with Candace Owens. Um, And they were like, I don't know if she was holding his hand. Maybe she was. I don't know. But... Here's the issue I have with Kanye. The issue I have with Kanye is I think he needs to just go somewhere and be quiet. He has a serious, he has serious me- like mental health issues. And I think a lot of people take what he says too literally, but you can't. If you understand how mental illness works, you would understand that you shouldn't get worked up over what Kanye says. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had mental illness in my family. I know what the fuck it looks like. Mm-hmm. Kanye West is in a manic state most of the time when he says this, mm-hmm. when he's yelling or he's talking and just he's all over the place. Even when he was on Joe Rogan, he literally would talk nonstop and just like he couldn't stay on task. Mm-hmm. It, it was everywhere. He was, his yeah. mind is everywhere. It's like incomplete thoughts. Yeah, just incomplete thoughts. He just says anything. So yeah. I don't, I take what he says with a grain of salt and I, I wish him the best, but. Kanye is, a, is an exhausting person to even talk about. We mm-hmm. talked about Kanye probably too many times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Candace Owens. Candace Owens relies on sensationalism in order for her podcast, not podcast, but her platform to be, um, I guess, relevant. What I will say is this. I don't really care for Candace Owens. I genuinely don't. Um, I don't think she's invalid completely as a person because I think she's made some profound statements. But I'm a person that, I look at the message, not the messenger, right? So in regards to her, um, she does a bad job as a person of color, as a black woman more specifically with some of the topics she gets on. I'm not saying you have to be a certain way because you're black, but I think it's completely fucking careless because most of the people who subscribe to her content happen to be conservative and, and white, According mm-hmm. to statistics, is that me saying white people are racist? No. However, I'm saying they're not black. They don't understand blackness or, you know, the nuances of that. So when Candace Owen gets on there and she talks about George Floyd, and it's like, like, why? Like, George Floyd was not a hero, right? 
Um, we know that, mm-hmm. right? We know he wasn't a hero. Mm-hmm. You are purposely putting that narrative out there because you are baiting your base. Mm-hmm. The people who are conservative that feel this way, they can't say this shit because they're not black. Mm-hmm. And since you're the one saying it, you're saying all the things they wish they could say. Mm-hmm. And when you come out here and you do this shit, it's completely irresponsible and it's dumb. The same way with you being a black woman wearing a fucking White Lives Matter shirt. I've never worn a Black Lives Matter shirt because I don't care for the movement. Like when it comes to that, like when it comes to the statement of Black Lives Matter, I I agree with that. I also agree that all lives matter and white lives matter. However, the reason why Black Lives Matter was even a thing is because at a time black folks felt that a black life did not matter in the because of the way in which black people were dying at the hands of police. Mm-hmm. Right. OK, now that we got that out the way. People have conflated Black Lives Matter as the movement or the organization with the statement. And they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. The organization is taking and stealing money. OK. I got fat cribs. They got fat cribs and people embezzling money with Black Lives Matter. And uh, that's not okay. You, you've taken you've taken black despair and pain and turned it into a fucking paycheck. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that that's that's not okay. However, putting white lives matter on the back of the shirt that don't make no sense. It's out of context. It's just Kanye, and mm-hmm. that we need to find the struggle for white folks. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying white people don't go through shit, but as like. I would say that one of the things I guess some white people would go through is certain times they want to have an opinion. It gets invalidated because they're white. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen that happen, but that's not a real struggle. The mm-hmm. only reason why that happened is because um, predominantly, you know, since the inception of this country, a white voice always out was was outshine a black person's voice. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that. Candace is very irresponsible in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and this shit with Kanye is just another. She's just riding his coattails mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, that's that's their main argument, right? Is the Black Lives Matter and they were um, stealing money and, you know, it's a racist statement and all these different things. I just think that um, pointing to what you were saying, the the. The business side of Black Lives Matter and the the statement is two different two separate things. things man. And we know that Black Lives Matter is a symbolism um, to recognize that um, we are getting uh, killed by police and our lives are, from our perspective, not being valued as much as other other people. You got Dylan Roof and these certain situations where they're getting handcuffed, they're getting right. taken to Burger King before they go to prison or they, before they go to jail and all Mass these different shooters. things. Yeah, like they getting taken taken care of like with 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 grace, um, you know, <clears throat> in relationship to you know the the list of uh, people whether they getting shot in their home, whether yeah. they getting choked out, or they got you know a freaking knee on their neck for eight minutes or whatever the case may be. That's yeah. kind of how our lives are being handled. So as a response to that, we say Black Lives Matter, just to remind you know whomever that may not that that may not think so, right? And what what they're trying to do is like um, they're trying to respond to um, like the statement of it versus the symbolism and not really the symbolism. Right. But like and this is something that Kanye West like frequently does, like he's a person that tries to like 
reimagine the the MAGA hat. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right, right. You right. know, he, and that was another thing. He he put some flags on something a, a long time ago, and he tried to like reimagine the flag or like reimagine certain symbolism. That's like you know, uh, me all of a sudden just being a regular dude, Keith Fingers, and being like, um, I'm taking over the rainbow, and the rainbow now is a symbolism for um, not a black filmmakers or something. It's yeah. a new symbol for black filmmakers. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. No. Yeah, like symbolism is, a, is an agreement with uh, a large group of people yeah, that this con- is you know, the meaning of that, right? Mm-hmm. So you as Candace Owens or you as Kanye West, you can't just go in there and remix like the symbolism um, and, and try to have like a, a legit... Remix. And try to have like a legit argument as to why this thing is 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 bad for society or whatever. And like you said, their main argument is that they're just that um, there was a bunch of women that owned the company Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter LLC or something like that. And they uh, they were using a lot of the funds to fund their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, But that's not that's not me and Eddie, you know, as you know, maybe a supporter of Black Lives Matter or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm not like. That has nothing to do with me. It's almost no. like no, um, I don't know. Whatever saying like, um, say it like a, just a phrase like I'm dead or something like that. And then it's just a phrase we use frequent frequently. And then somebody makes a business about it. And then just because we say the phrase or like some a phrase like nigga, we use the term nigga all the time. And then all of a sudden somebody created an LLC and then they had nigga LLC. And and then they started doing like some weird, some weird stuff with, you know, with black people. And now it's making us look funny. Yeah. It's like, it's just a term that we use. Like we not, we not connected to the business of it. We just using this term. So no. Yeah. But the thing too is, is um, people from the outside looking in will be like, well, you know, if you feel like the cops are taking your life, the statistics say different. That basically you're taking your own life and black on black crime. Mm-hmm. Bro, the, the whole idea of black on black crime is not black on black crime. It's a proximity thing. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to die at the hands of someone who looks like you. Mm-hmm. That's just literally how it is. But there's she has to be careful because when she comes out and says these things, they feed into the stereotype of black people being these weird, crazy, animalistic people mm-hmm. that can't control themselves. <clears throat> and Candace Owens fucking has to understand that her a lot of her base look at black folks that way. Mm-hmm. They they do, and it's not to it's not to say, um, it's not to say that you know oh they're just racist. It's that that there is a negative connotation behind it with just being with blackness. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she, I've heard her say things, whether it's George Floyd, is like, stop making George Floyd your savior. And it's like, when you make statements like that, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. George Floyd was not no savior to me. He was a troubled man. However, I can't, I'm not going to judge him. Mm-hmm. And he, the, is, it takes away from the way he died. Mm-hmm. So basically what it does is when she pops up, like, George Floyd was not a saint. What it does is it literally takes like dehumanizes him each time she does that. Mm-hmm. And the people that be like, yeah, yeah, he wasn't a saint. Mm-hmm. I support the police killing him. Mm-hmm. You got to understand how people think. They can't think for themselves, mm-hmm. right? They can't think for themselves. So they, when somebody with a large platform is literally using their platform to kind of like in a non, it's not even like in a real, it's like she's reaching when she does this shit. Yeah, She's reaching to do it. 
and then people are constantly giving her donations and feeding into it. Not to mention there are not a lot of black women who are conservative. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with being black and conservative. I believe you should be able to support whoever you want. However, she is the she is too far right. Yeah, she's supporting it in a way where it's like it's uh it's almost like self hate. It right. You know, there's a version of her um, being a Republican where she like, yo, I, I, you know, I I grew up in a certain tax bracket. I believe that Republicans are, you know, their uh, ideology is more aligned with the way that I move. Um, I don't necessarily believe in everything that they put Mm -hmm. out there, but some of the stuff that I do believe and as far as like if somebody was like, you know, as far as um, abortion rights and stuff like that or. Um, you know, uh, in terms of taxes and all these different things, I would be like, okay, that's cool. Like they could be like, I still love my people, mm-hmm. but also, you know, I just want to protect myself and I want to vote my interest. 100%. I'd be like, that's cool. That's but cool. if you're like, you know, wearing a, a, a white lives matter shirt and you also already know that, um, one, she dealt with racism in her personal life. Right. And two, like she knows I think she's very aware of like um, messaging. Yeah, and, there you go. And I think that she's doing a lot of this stuff on purpose. And I don't, I don't understand. I don't really understand it. Um, but I, I genuinely think that she, um, she has a lot of issues with the black community. And it's not really like anything that we've done. It's just I don't know. She, she's, she's uh, created this callous for like any and everything that we do. Yeah, like anything, even even as far blackness. as yeah, even as far as like George Floyd dying and instead of like Aubrey. Yeah, instead of being compassionate about these people and what they're dealing with, like she's like looking at the negative. Yeah, those dudes got convicted of killing Ahmad <laughs> Aubrey, but before they got convicted, she made a video. Ahmad Aubrey was more than a jogger. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like this is crazy. Like the fact that you you got to understand what she's doing with this messaging is she's galvanizing the wrong people. Yeah. She's galvanizing people to be like, that's right. That nigga should have died. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, some people will be like, that's not true. They're not racist because they're conservative. No, I'm not saying they're racist because they're conservative. They're conservative and they're racist. Yeah. So what it is, you're galvanizing a group of people who happen to be conservative that's racist as fuck. That's super right wing. The same way on the left is people that's super progressive, but it's not even progressive. It's fucking delusion and weirdo shit. Mm-hmm. Like on the left, it's, it's like these polar opposites that exist that mm-hmm. don't help anybody. They mm-hmm. don't help anybody. They just live in a world of sensationalism and and content that, that's just fucked up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Candace Owens is uh, very irresponsible in that regard. With Kanye... I don't even expect much out of him because he's got mental health problems and I, you know, he's just exhausting. But Candace Owens, man, that shit is just ridiculous. You know, they got convicted of killing Ahmed Aubrey, but she came out as a black woman making a video saying he was more than a jogger. I don't know what he was doing over there, but he wasn't just jogging, right? And I'm thinking like, yeah, I mean, it does not justify how he fucking died, you idiot. But you're dehumanizing him, and you're a black woman, and everybody that subscribes to your content, now they get an opportunity to be like, yeah, these blacks don't know what they're doing. They can't get it together. When he actually was really murdered, and they actually got convicted. Mm -hmm. But you notice that after that happened, she went silent on talking about that. She just stopped talking about it. Yeah. Because it's an act. There's going to be, this is why 
it to me it's exhausting and i and i i just get from the news what i get from the news and i move on because there's going to be another story unfortunately of a black person probably shot something crazy happens and then here comes here comes the ambulance chaser mm-hmm. uh fucking candace owens and a lot of these other other very left-wing people no different mm-hmm. uh what's his name um uh, uh, the slick back hair, uh, Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. It'll be like Jesse Jackson. What's that black uh, lawyer too? The one that did uh, Trayvon Martin. What's his name? You know what I'm talking about? The dark dude that said like every black person. Yeah, I forget his name. Crump man. or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. something Crump. That black lawyer. He's gonna be like, we got, we got to do something about this. It's the same ambulance chasing content. Mm-hmm. Whether it's that black lawyer. Um, or it's fucking Candace Owens on the other side mm-hmm. talking about how uh, black people need to stop standing up for criminals and mm-hmm. we need to start stop making criminals our heroes. Bro, that shit had me. I was like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that we're making criminals <coughs> our heroes? Mm-hmm. Lady, stop it. You don't know me like that. All black people ain't the same. Just like it's some white people that's racist as fuck. It's normal, everyday, taxpaying good decent regular white folks mm-hmm. right but the problem with it is is with candace we don't get the opportunity to be individuals we just get put under one motherfucking blanket because you have a black woman that's very right wing but too far right mm-hmm. that's making these broad generalizations and it's galvanizing the wrong motherfucking people candace owens you need to shut the fuck up for five minutes forever yeah forever i remember she did an interview with joe rogan mm-hmm. and joe kind of mocked her she was like like you know he's, he asked her a specific question she, a specific question and she was like i mean like you know and then joe was like i mean like you know what do you mean mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> really good interview though mm-hmm. what i will say i do like about candace is candace candace ain't got no um candace ain't a punk bro Mm-hmm. Like if you want to talk to Candace, she will talk to you, bro. Mm-hmm. She will have any conversation that you will have. It's a lot of people on the left that will not have that conversation. I mm-hmm. will say that. Um, yeah, she'll go into the fire. She'll go into the motherfucking fire. Tommy Lauren, too fucking scary. All of them too scary. Only one that'll really have a conversation is her. Mm-hmm. You know who I want to see have a debate, bro? Because there's some right wing people that I listen to. I may not like them all that much, but I like some of the messaging. Right. I don't, like I said, I'm about the message, not the messenger. I've heard Ben Shapiro say some really profoundly great statements. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Ben Shapiro have a debate with Killer Mike. That would be good. I think. And I think it'll be a very I think it'll be a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Killer Mike's a very sharp guy. Ben Shapiro's a very sharp guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that they would. It would be a good conversation to have a very right per- ring person and a person. I don't even. I don't want to call Killer Mike super liberal. I would say he's probably more left, but he's he has a lot of very center ideas. Killer Mike is very black. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's his voting interest. Yeah, he's just voting in his interest. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I feel like when it comes, especially like even now. But mm-hmm. especially when, you know, me and Keith start making a lot of money, mm-hmm. I'm a person that's more fiscally conservative because mm-hmm. I don't think you should have your hands in my pocket every five fucking minutes. If you look at what this administration is doing, mm-hmm. this current one, these niggas got their hands all the way in your pocket. Have you heard there's there's some people getting stimulus checks? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I haven't got one. I yeah. Yeah. 
It's like they they gonna send me a message like, oh, we, we need some dick. I'm like, I'm not selling my dick for no stimulus check. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. But yeah, there's that, man. I think we've coming to the end of this one. We, this was a long one. Where we at? Uh, two o three. Really? That's it. Two o three. Oh, okay. But that, that's actually pretty fucking long. Yeah, it's pretty long. Two hours. We gave y'all two hours of free content. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every every week, an hour and a half, two hours a week. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I started this gangster shit. It's the motherfucking the thanks, thanks I, I get. get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I don't even know what we would call this one, man. Rich boy. Oh, yeah. Rich boy. <laughs> rich boy, smoky crack. All diggers want to check. Type dope slick, just bought a cat. <laughs> throw, throw some crack on that mother. Throw some, throw some, throw some, throw some, throw some, throw some crack on it. You know who was in that video back in the day? Who was that? And she was fine as fuck, and and it went over everybody's head. Carrie Hilson was in that video. Oh, I didn't know that, bro. Pull That's up the well, after this podcast, we'll pull it up. Mm-hmm. And Carrie Hilson was just like you know in the car like dancing, and I was just yeah. like, yo, that's Carrie Hilson. What the fuck? That's how it be like. It be like. Um... People get, like, I want to say prime, not in a negative way, right. but like she was probably already writing songs for people and yeah. just kind of like working on her debut album or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she probably got thrown in there like, hey, come to the video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd be very surprised at certain songs that artists wrote and you're like, what the fuck? They wrote that? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest West Coast songs or records of all time was written by Jay-Z. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. What was what was what one was it called again? Um, I think it's still Dre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. Yeah. And you could if you listen really hard, you could tell that you Jay kind of hear his cadence in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, still not loving police. Still run my son with a cup in the crease. Cup in the crease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still got some 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 repping two one three. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's Jay, bro. Mm-hmm. That's Jay. Mm-hmm. Fucking Jay Z wrote one of the best. West Coast songs of all time. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah, that's nuts, man. That's mm-hmm. that's insane. He wrote some other songs too. Mm-hmm. Fifty Cent, another one. Fifty Cent wrote, he wrote uh, some, some especially fucking... the G the G Unit stuff. Yeah, it was a reference track I seen to um you know Tony Ayo song. Yeah. Uh, it, do you know what this? One yeah, sh- is that? I think that's the song I'm thinking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, one shot, one kill. What's yeah. the deal? Yeah. yeah, Fifty Cent wrote that. Uh, he wrote that whole song, and then like Tony Yayo kind of like changed some words up a little bit. Yeah, Tony Yayo, Tony Yayo is such a down dude that he don't really make music no more, but he's still getting money. Yeah, he was just on um, that one podcast. I forget what math. Ho- math hoffa or something like that but um he was he was that was his stance like bro like you know i think he was talking about i forget who he was talking about but that was his his statement like bro you like you know like 50 cent helped all of us out a lot like so for you to have Mm -hmm. i think he might have been talking about the game uh somebody i forget but he was just basically saying that like 50 cent really changed our lives like why is y'all out here moving like you know saying disrespectful stuff like that like you know what i mean this man like really helped me out a lot so. Yeah, he was in prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, he came home to just music and being yeah. with G in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he been hitting ever since he's been down. Mm-hmm. And he somebody said something like, uh, if you solid, you ain't gotta worry about whatever. And somebody made an example that was like spot on. They say, Yeah, that's why Tony Ayo and, and um and um Tony Ayo and Memphis Bleak is still good to this day. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, fuck, they both the same person. 
because Memphis Bleak was a really good artist, and then he just he didn't pop off the way that Jay really wanted him to, but Jay still got love for him. Yeah, he was doing the podcast on Tidal and stuff. And yeah. even, like, a lot of Jay's guys that went to prison, like, they came right home to, like, legit mm-hmm. businesses. Okay, you get paper planes, mm-hmm. you get this, you yeah. get that, and, you know, we're going to run it up. Yeah, yeah, Memphis Bleak still wearing his hats like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he got the... that dome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his head long as a motherfucker. <laughs> his head look like a soggy melon. <laughs> All right, well, it looks like we made it to the end of this one. If you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. And thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Fings. We are out of here. Peace. Later.